How about that trade show? How about, How about that trade show? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 165 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and for those of you listening after the fact on the audio podcast. Guys, thank you so much for listening to How About That Cigar when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcasts. Thank you so much for making us a part of that. And as always here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios, let's remind you about the beautiful flying pigs that have been cleared for takeoff for their annual spring release. One of Drew Estate's most popular Vitolas, the flying pigs are now available. The Undercrown Flying Pig Vitola available in three expressions, the Undercrown Maduro, Undercrown Shade, and Undercrown Sungrown, while the Kentucky Flying Fire Cured Pig is the smoky and savory flying pig. Last but certainly not least, the famed Liga Pravada number no. nine and Liga Pravada T52 flying pigs will be available exclusively to Drew Diplomat retailers. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. So, back on the air after the uh, I'm out of breath. Seriously, <laughs> I feel like I just ran around was, the block. It was a mouthful. It's so stinking hot here right now. I mean. You know, uh, I'm I'm not gonna you know try to compete with Vegas heat, which we just came from. But good lord, I mean, the upper Midwest is not supposed to be like this, and it's basically 85, 85. Actually, today got up to 98. Um, with I don't know, hundred percent, hundred percent humidity. <laughs> it's basically a swamp. Yeah. Uh, yep. Garrett, you are on the road in lovely northern Wisconsin. I am at uh, the lake cabin outside of Hayward, Wisconsin, and can confirm um, my thermometer said it got up to hot as balls. Hot as balls. A lot of sweat. Is that is that metric? That is metric. metric. So <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that is in freedom. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll we'll ask we'll John get, next week. We'll get yeah we'll get John's take <laughs> on that. Um, so the Minnesota twins are terrible. I mean, that's, but there's, I mean, if there's a bright spot, it's the fact that, um, we got two players going to the all-star game. So we've got, uh, Luis Arias and Byron Buxton going to the all-star game, both very deserving players to get all-star spots. And here's the cool thing. I don't recall what the circumstances were, but Buxton actually got upgraded to a starter, which means, he? yeah, he did just today. He got upgraded because somebody else is unable to participate. So the fact that Buxton is going to be a starter in the all-star game means this will be the first. And, and this is a little trivia. I want Garrett to see if he can. Yeah. This is, this will be the first Minnesota twin to start in an all-star game since what year and which player? Well, I'm going to go with Joe Maurer, and I'm going to say, oh, wow, 2009? It's it's farther back than that. It's not Maurer. It's farther back than, a lot farther back than that. I'm talking a a starter, not somebody who is named – to the all-star roster, but somebody. Right. I, I figured, I thought Maurer had started. Um, 
Andrew Tolzman, O2 Tory Hunter. Yes. For the win. O2 Tory Hunter. 20 years since a Minnesota twin was a starter on the all-star team. So good times. Um, so that's what yeah. we're dealing with. So that's what we're dealing with. Um, and speaking of baseball, um, I want to give another shout out to cigars and baseball that is coming up here in St. Paul, Minnesota on September 8th. Uh, it is a fantastic event uh, with, with tons of great cigars and local food, local restaurants bringing food, local breweries, local distilleries, uh, all at CHS Field in St. Paul. Uh, incredible events, uh, great people. Uh, that all goes to the Miracle League, which puts together baseball facilities uh, that gives chances to uh, disabled kids to still be able to participate in the game of baseball. So. Uh, if you're able and in the area, please support Cigars and Baseball, and uh, you can find them on online and on all social media. Um, so I don't want to waste any more time. We have a lot to cover this evening, and we yep. just got back from a very cool trade show. So let's get into the main event of the evening. And as always, special guests on How About That Cigar Live are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers you the finest handmade cigars, humidors, and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. You'll also find unique and limited cigars containing Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz believed it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Lake Mary, and also the Davidoff of Geneva Lounge in Tampa. For more info on all of that, please visit CoronaCigar.com and FloridaSungrown.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get episode 165 going. We have a trade show to recap. So let's start out with a first time guest to How About That Cigar Live, the better half of the Cigar <laughs> podcast. I'm sorry, but I couldn't resist. Please welcome Mike Palmer to the show, AKA VDP. Hey, guys. How Thanks you doing? Thanks for having me on. Happy to have you on the show. Uh, so let's bring on his significant other, in cr his partner in crime, Mike Shevinkovich. Nice. Dude, I got you. That's you really close. Closer. Every time, every time I'm getting a little closer to saying your name right. He looks like he's in the crypt. What's up, Palmer? How you doing? Buddy? <laughs> yeah, look, this is my first time, Michael. I didn't have time to set up. You finally well, don't look like a you don't look like a prisoner in Iran, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Pulling up a newspaper. Mark. Help me, proof of life. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and finally, last but not least, bring him back to How About That Cigar Live from the Smoking Tobacco Show. Please welcome Matthew Tobacco. Hey, gang. How are you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? Good. You don't look like uh, you're broadcasting from Iraq. No. I don't think, I don't think Mike does either, but... Thank, thank you. He's hey, thank you. He's thank you. Down. 
Take Always the flag be closing. down and show them what it looks like, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> Proof of life. You might. Well, as you know, I, I have so we have two shows. We have and we have two studios. We have the JC Newman studio and we have the Drew Estate Studio. And I figured I would hang out in the Drew Estate Studio for you guys tonight. So Absolutely. If, if you could please refer to the older Mike uh that's in his crypt as BDP <laughs> moving forward for this so that we can decipher the two that would be BDP. Yeah, done. Done and done. He would prefer that as well. <laughs> yeah. That's well, um, before we um, jump into the questions, um, and and Matt already alluded to it with his backdrop, um, you know, we we really do want to give a genuine heartfelt thank you, and we've said it a million times, but we can't say it enough. A genuine heartfelt thank you to the people at Drew Estate for who really made our trade show coverage possible, uh, and we had a lot of uh, a, a lot of coverage, a lot of videos, uh, and. We're uh, about halfway through day two of posting the uh, the videos to our YouTube channel, so uh, you guys can start checking those out. There, they're available now on YouTube, and we're going to continue posting those till they're all done. Uh, all in all, we were up to just shy of what sixty videos. 50, 58, I think. Fifty-eight so videos. So doubled the coverage from last year that you and Jared did by yourself. So uh, a good show overall. It was great. Yeah, and and honestly, this 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 guy sitting right next to me here in the studio uh, makes is a game changer. And Garrett <laughs> Garrett is, you know, echoing that through game changer having you know having Justin there. So. Thanks, guys. Um, we we made a lot more progress this year, and it's it's funny too because even with you know a three person team, there's still only so it's a it's a big trade show floor. There's a lot of booths, and and we still couldn't hit them all. Um, but uh, I just you know I'm thinking that you guys have cigars fired up, and I'm you know I'm a little jealous, so I think it's time for me to uh, to get a cigar fired up. So let's get on the tobacco and trust toast cam. When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sombra Mesa to Umbagag, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Oh yeah, Michael. Are these sponsors? Is that what this is called? Sponsors? I don't know. <laughs> what is this? I think that's what this is. I'm not 100 logos behind them, and we're, the, we're 15 minutes and... deep though, and you know, yay. <laughs> <laughs> we're 15 minutes deep. He's like, we haven't even talked about anything yet. Yeah, it looks like Garrett was actually shoved off of the. How about that cigar and thrown into his own realm? Because <laughs> he's in a cabin somewhere, like the Unabomber. Garrett, or Garrett's like in the Shire. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> then you got you got to show them what we're smoking tonight here, Matt. So, oh yeah. Uh, since we got you guys on the show here, I oh, like Shepherd. Nice. You know, look, so. see, look, and, and this is this is why Garrett is out. I get it now. It all makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, well, oh, 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 Wow. He's a little further deep than you guys. I mean, he's. Yep, he's, he's yep. Can I just say something about Garrett? I mean, he's been growing the beard out too. Now he's in the cabin. We should just start calling him Ted Kaczynski. Oh boy. <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a gray hoodie somewhere hoodie. nearby? I mean, I, I know it's 100 degrees, but if you had a gray hoodie you could put on right now with some sunglasses, that would Absolutely. be awesome. Can you mail yeah. some, some suspicious packages too? <laughs> yeah. Garrett, we're, we're, we're looking for a. 
we're looking for a third member. So, you know, if you want to just jump over the page. Yeah, if you want to come to Florida. Yeah. Oh, yeah? I mean, come we, on have down. No, yeah. we have no sponsors. You can smoke anything you want. <laughs> Sounds like a great deal. Yeah. It's, it's, wow. it's, a, it's a solid W. <laughs> All you right. Can't, you can't have him. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like he can be wooed. He, he could be wooed. We'll let you wooed. sit in the same room with us, too. Yeah, we'll keep you we'll have the same. Yeah, you'll have your own camera, but you'll be in with us. It'll be right. nice. Yeah, Michael's Ooh. really just right over there on the other side of the table. You yeah. know, he, he, he he's a jumper. You know, we were at we were at Treasure Island uh, towards the end of the trade show at night, and I was sitting with somebody, and then they grabbed the table, and Garrett's like, well, come sit over here. we got a table. I get all settled, and I sit down, and then he fucking gets up, and he goes and sits somewhere else. And I'm like, you, you made me leave another conversation to come sit with you, and then Power. you go somewhere else. He needed. He just wanted you to hold the table for him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then Andrew, and then because and because I know Andrew's watching, Andrew goes, "Oh, here, take my travel humidor." And then he walks away, and I'm like, "What am I And it's funny too because he called me. He called me right when I was I was up in my hotel room, and he called me on the phone. He goes, "Hey, do you have any Opus on you?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do." And he's like, "Can I get one?" And I'm like, "Sure." So I come down, I give him an Opus by request because I'm a very good friend. And I'm like, "Here you go." And then he fucking walks away, and I'm like, "Love that." Wow. I came back and then you guys abandoned me. <laughs> no, don't you That's just bullshit. Thanks for the you thanks for the go, See you later. Yeah. You say, no, 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 you're right. That's right. You weren't my time. Fuck off. <laughs> I've got what I need from you. I've I've gotten what I need from you. Now you can go. Right. All right. Be gone. Be gone. Now, I remember that, Garrett. I got you, boo. Oh, so let's uh Let's jump in. Let's talk about the trade show. Let's let's start with uh, how about we start with the opening party? Um, just go right from the night before, you know, the the night before the actual trade show floor opens. You know, talk about the opening party and what uh, what everybody's thoughts were about the. Uh, I can skip. <laughs> surprised, Matthew. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I gotta have. A, I have to have a better show next year too. So, <laughs> well, I want to know. I want to know what. Uh, so, two things real quick. What are you guys smoking? Um, I too. I started out with a Dunbarton. Ooh, look at oh. that! Oh, look at him. He never shares a uh, sober Mesa. Okay. Mm. okay. Oh, yeah. yep. Matt. And then I actually just started a fresh cigar, the Gurkha Revenant. Oh, I like that. Too. I like that cigar. I do too. Mm. Drinking anything with that, or just going without? I'm not. I just have water. I I can't do alcohol yeah. right now. Yeah, Nicole and I have been sick, so I just I've been able to power through a couple of cigars and the few shows that I've done. Other than that, no. Well, I've uh, got the I've got the alcohol covered for everybody. Just good. just <laughs> I got good, two good. drinks. Two drinks nice. here. And then before we jump in, I just want to say a huge congratulations to Matt and Nicole for getting um, what do they what do they call that? You... Eloping. Tying the knot. Thank you for getting Thank married. Congratulations, brother. Yeah, Thank brother. You very much. It was beautiful. It was a uh, it was kind of a last minute decision. Um, we were going to wait and do something 
later down the road. And then Nicole was just like, hey, I think we should uh, – we wanted always wanted something small. We never wanted a big wedding anyway, um, especially her. She was previously engaged, and her grandmother was still alive. And she was like, I just remember the last time I was engaged, like there was 300 people on the guest list, and I didn't want to do that. And I was like – I'm really not picky. Whatever you want to do, I just as, it's fine. <laughs> so she uh, she put it all together, and within like a month or so, and that was it. And uh, no, it was great though, and it was nice. And it was uh, it was a beautiful ceremony. I was able to watch it on the live stream, and um, yeah, no, it was fantastic. So congrats, brother. Yeah. Wish you wish you both amazing success. I love you both. You're amazing people. And to Skip's point, get on it because you got to have a baby next year. Cheers. You know, yeah. You know, it's funny. That's what Nick Perdomo said. I, well, after, because he saw, you know, you guys all know how I posted it on Facebook. So we were at the opening party. I'll try to keep this back on Matt's thing so he can stay on track. So we're no, at the opening party. And like, you know, everyone's there and it's loud. And I just hear someone scream my name from like, I don't know, 100 feet away. And I turn, it's Nick Perdomo, and he's just standing there, like, guns <laughs> out. And I'm like, hey, he's like, come here. <laughs> come over there. And he's like, hey, I saw that Facebook post. He's like, that shit wasn't funny. I got worried. <laughs> and he's like, but anyway, congratulations. He's like, now start banging them out. Let's go. Have some kids. <laughs> so we got to, next, next year at the PCA show, we have to f work through everything, all the logistics with scott and everybody else at pca so we can have a birthing ward uh, set up know. somewhere on the show floor <laughs> i think we're done with big surprises at the show. i think that was it I, I accomplished what i wanted to accomplish yeah <laughs> I, I that that would be the only way to top it is to i you know, I, I all i had to do was outdo class kellner because he got married at pca and yeah. then i was talking to coop and he's like well you got engaged you get married he's like you win i'm like all right so there you go you win. I don't think anyone's ever going to do all three. So. <laughs> so as we as we look at this year's trade show, you know, it was uh, we kind of are comparing it to last year's. Typically, that's, you know, how anything works, whether it's a cigar trade show, whether it's, uh, um, you know, it, it could be a neighbor's Fourth of July party. Was it did they top last year really is what you're looking for? Did they top last year? And it. it Truth be told, it was uh, it, it was kind of impossible for them to not top last year for the PCA because they really did put that trade show together last year in in like I think ninety days or a hundred days or something. So they had very little time to get everything lined up. This year they had way more time to get everything lined up, and um, you know, starting with uh, kind of one of the litmus tests, in my opinion, is that opening night party. You know where everybody gathers together there's there you know there's music there's drinks there's there's cigars being handed out and everybody's kind of gathering together um meeting up for the first time and in some cases you know a first time in a year that people haven't seen each other so what what kind of vibe did you guys get from that opening night party versus last year's uh we didn't go so Okay. <laughs> we, yeah, you know, you know uh, they they don't invite us to those kind of things. We're on like the C or D level, <laughs> you know, media list. We don't get invited. Well, no, I mean, to be honest, our approach wasn't really uh we wanted to be in and out as fast as possible because it is a very expensive show, right? So what you do is you try and compress it to the most amount of 
time, you know, as short as possible so that you make the biggest impact without the biggest deficit on your wallet. So opening night, we, we, I don't even think we were there. So we just came in like uh day of, right? No, no. We set up on Friday, but we was skipped the party the Thursday. We skipped the party. Yeah. That was sushi. Yeah. That was sushi night. Oh the yeah. Party, yeah. I had to smash was, uh, The party was Friday. Right, okay. Wasn't it? Yeah, it was Friday. Yeah, party was Friday. Friday. I, I had go. a date with an entire school of salmon, and uh, <laughs> I crushed that. You know, it's I was I was like Thanos when it comes to salmon. I just eliminated <laughs> half the population to kind of even things out, and um, we did not attend opening night party, so we cannot give any info on that. Okay, well, I'll I'll get opinions from other guys, but before I do, I gotta know where's uh, where do you where's your favorite place for sushi in Vegas? Sakana sushi, baby. Sakana, okay. A hundred percent. We were we were trying to dig on a sushi place this year, but couldn't make it happen. So we'll Let's try see. that place next year. All you oh, can eat, yeah. All you can eat. All you can eat. It's fantastic. It's high quality, and I'm going to tell you right now, they're happy after I leave. Happy <laughs> after I leave. You go now. Yeah, well, get get the hell out of here. You eat too much. You big boy, don't eat more fish. You get out. We went you're dying, there. and you dying so much. I, we brought John D. Oliver, who can also eat. You know, uh, Rosales was there. Palmer was there. Uh, my buddy Boots was there. So, you know, it was a, a plethora of, of food consumption as far as sushi. But I made yes. sure that, you know, I, I wanted them to feel it before I left. Yeah. They felt uh, well, it. Andrew, it's all you can eat sushi. So we, we, we didn't – it wasn't that expensive. Andrew said there wasn't a way to save money. Yeah, if it's thirty dollars and I'm eating eighty dollars worth of sushi, right? He came out. He always comes out ahead there. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Matt Tobacco, what what was your impression of this year's opening night party versus last year's? Yes. I mean, it still wasn't the opening party from TPE. Mm. Oh, that that I did attend. Yeah, yeah, that we did go to. Shots fired. We were going to get there later, but yeah. I mean, yeah. I I. Look, I love Scott, Aaron, and everyone, but I mean, there's that's, really no. That's, that's hard to that's hard to beat. I mean, well, there's yeah, and Gareth's there's, right. There's, no, it's hard to there's beat. There's really no comparison. There's so, no comparison at all. So it was, that, it was that right brings up us. that brings up a good question. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. You were uh, yeah, Mike. What'd you say? No, you guys. So it was right for us to miss it. We didn't miss it. Uh, honestly, not not really. Right. Not really. Um. And that brings up, uh, I had this written later in the questions, but we're on it right now. So the was the opening night party better than last year? Yes, it was a little bit. It was better attended than last year's opening night party, I'll which agree. is great. But it was still it was still felt kind of low key, like a like a like a cocktail reception. And I understand they want people to still be able to have conversations and mingle and things like that. But do you think because I've been I've been kind of on this this kick for the last month or so of using this term unmissable event. Do you think that it would be in the PCA's best interest to do a blowout party with a band and just like glitz and and polish and and just balls out like TPE does or do you think it's worth it for PCA to do that. Did, did anybody go to the pool party that they did have at the PCA? They had. I don't. One, one I don't believe it was very well attended. No, you, I don't no. think it was either. No. Man, you know they're really in a hole here. They, I mean, they, you know, 
they got to do something, right? They got to figure this shit out because they're hemorrhaging. And that's uh, if you're going to tell me that it's that they're not hemorrhaging, then, you know, I don't belong on your show. Like the it's it's fucking way apparent. I, I fucking can't stand when people say it's the best show ever. I hear it every year and uh, it just doesn't continue to grow like that. I have I mean, we have I have some data points that we can discuss later on as we kind of get into it as well. But, um, you know, they got to do something. You know, Velcro wall, trampolines. I don't know. Fucking mix it up. (laughs) No, you know, midget tossing, human bowling. It's just, (laughs) yes. Uh, There was plenty of room for the human bowling. You know, I did. I did briefly have a conversation with Scott Pierce. um, And I'd I'd actually like to get um, Miguel's, John's and Luciano's opinion on how they felt the party went because their name is on that opening party yet they rely on the PCA so much to set up the venue and that area was shit. It sucked. There was no carpet, which the sound bounced off of everything. And so they had to bump the, the volume up so loud. And as somebody already said, you couldn't have a conversation in there without, you know, screaming in somebody's ear. Um, so, you know, my my one comment to Scott was carpet would have made a world of difference just in in the sound quality happening at that party. Beyond that, the environment just felt unwelcoming um, and it and it wasn't like I'm going to this big, you know, gathering to get ready for the PCA. Fucking skip. <laughs> I love you, Skip. Right. Uh, but the the audio, the, the audio issues in that, you know, I, I don't know. I, again, I would love to hear from Miguel, Luciano, and John about because they gave out a shit ton of cigars. Their name is all over that party. How do they yeah. feel about it? And I I, I agree with you. But, and, and I, I understand what Scott was saying and Luciano was saying about the fact that the attendance numbers were, were honestly, according to their numbers, they were near double of last year's opening party, which I think is a good thing. But it's not, to me, it's not just about attendance. It's about, it's about the vibe that, you know, it's, it's, it's about, again, I hate to keep beating this drum, but it's it didn't feel like an unmissable event i was happy to see a lot of the people that i got to see and you know but standing around on a bare concrete floor having a couple free drinks you know smoking a, a cigar that was handed to me it's it's not unmissable i'm sorry it's not unmissable and the and the the joints they've been putting on at tpe the last couple of years have been absolutely out Bangers. of this world yeah. So I, I don't, I don't, I, it, do you, and I don't know the answer to the question whether or not it's worth it for PCA to spend right. that coin to put on the same kind of event. I don't know if they'll see return on investment. But if you don't do it, but if you don't do it, you'll never know. And the other guys are doing it. Exactly. And if, if TPE, because TPE is their, their trajectory is going up. 
and it feels like PCA is just continually going down. Mm. And mm. if PCA gets a gets a significant portion of their yearly revenue from this trade show, love you, Andrew. Wouldn't you want to? And 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 my mind has been. I used to think differently. I used to think that the PCA should save their pennies and use it for legal battles. But now I'm I'm thinking if if they don't start making this trade show and convention unmissable, then people uh, people won't want to attend, and then that's going to continue to see their revenue going down. Yeah, I I don't know. It's tricky. I mean, the one thing to think about too is I mean, Crown had sponsored that opening reception, right? Um, and Crown had you know they're great, and I love those guys, but I will say. Who sponsored the TPE party? All right, calm down. Fucking calm down with all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Fucking, all you guys are fucking. You're all well, on the take as far as I'm concerned. I don't well, want to hear from any of you. Yeah, we're, well, we're uh, show well, well, the but, to my, but to my point, like Phillips and King, Drew Estate, I mean, they're bigger companies with a lot more money to spend. I mean, I will admit that party is very expensive to put on the TPE. Well, yeah. Does. Well, hey, listen, Crown Heads is one of those. I would say that they're what? Top six uh, fucking big guys right now at PCA? Is that a fair statement to make? Well, at at PCA, Crown Crownheads top six, uh, maybe. But you look back at previous years before the Big Four left, right? It, big Four money is different level money. That's of different. That, that's, so that's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's exactly what I'm saying. And when the when the trade show when the opening party used to be sponsored by, you know, General Cigar and those kind of companies, you know, they've they've got coin. Yeah. To, to throw around and that was kind of my point like it, it as much as like we say that like it there's not many companies there who can throw around the money that switcher international and phillips right. and king and stg have so i i, I get it too like it, it makes right. sense so there's that you know um I, you know i had no intention of making that party so uh, they got to do something to incentivize me to want to go I didn't think that it was a, in my best interest, you know. Well, and you, uh, it, from from what I'm hearing from you, Mike, it, you don't feel like you missed anything. Yeah, and it's, that's what exactly what it sounds like from what I'm hearing from you guys. I so, think, yeah, yeah, I would have, uh, you know, I, I would have been fine just hanging at the hotel bar, right? Um, yeah, know, I mean, you know, paying, paying for my own drinks. Yeah. So, yeah. If, if they can't do it big, then maybe you're right. Maybe they do have to just ax it, you know, one way or the other. But if if we're looking at it from a bell curve kind of a standpoint and they're in the fucking dead center, it's got to go one way or the other. It can't. Yeah. You can't do it again that way because you're just going to continue to have lower attendance. So, um, you know, Bon Jovi would help or something. Was yeah. it any different or any bigger than any of the other cocktail parties? I mean, they had one every night, I believe. Well, yeah, the opening night one is a little bigger. The little bigger. The, ha the happy hour ones on the trade show floor, which is another <laughs> that's another kind of controversy because um, it was better know, those, than last year. Those happy hours, I, I still heard from we were in. I don't remember whose booth we were in. Somebody was complaining, and I don't want to name names, I guess, but you know, we heard from two retailer or sorry, two exhibitors, cigar manufacturers that had their booths set up there that were upset that all of a sudden the show floor was empty because all the retailers were off drinking at the happy hour oh. instead of writing orders. 
whatever, give me a break. There's nothing for that. Look, dude, when it comes down to this show from a, a wholesaler's perspective, you know, here's the biggest problem. There's no new customer acquisition if you're an established brand. And your orders are going to be your orders whether you're there or you're not there. So, you know, if you're not an, a brand new company, you can't say, well, oh, you just took my guys away. If you set appointments and you penciled all that in, then you would have those orders on those days. If you didn't pencil that in and you did your orders beforehand, then you had a lot of free time. So to make that statement, that's just somebody complaining as to why their show sucked. You know what I mean? Um, so I think the middle of the day happy hour is that's not a, the people eat lunch. Oh, oh, they all went to eat. No, I mean, come on. <laughs> great. That's a good. That's a good point. You know, Very so eh, I don't. I don't buy that for one second. Um, yeah, you know, not for. But I. I could tell you. For me personally, like, like I, I had very low expectations as as a brand owner. Um, I still wrote orders, you know, it, the juice was worth the squeeze, but those are orders that I would have wrote anyways. I would have wrote those orders whether I was there or not. So, you know, the real problem is customer, uh, you know, retailers showing up to this thing, right? Uh, I don't know if you want to segue into that now or not. Yeah, absolutely. Them being there is the biggest problem, right? And and they're not showing up. Vegas eight years in a row or fucking for is is uh, is ridiculous. Um, I know there was just a survey as far as uh, how you know what do you think about twenty twenty four New Orleans? I'm like I'm for it. I'm for it wherever Alaska. I don't care. Just somewhere else, please stop fucking going to Vegas. For the love of God, it's just it's old. It's 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 tiring. You know. Um, <clears throat> Here, listen. You know, I've had a I had a pretty good back and forth with uh, with my friend Charlie Manal on Half Wheel, and he gave me some good data points, and I'm gonna bring them up real quick. Yeah, because this is this was on my list of stuff to talk about as far as uh, location, time of the year, number of days that the trade show should be. Right. And we talked about a lot of this at the uh, they had a media press conference where where Scott Pierce covered a lot of this, and we right. we had some back and forth with questions. You know, Charlie had questions. Uh, Patrick had questions. I had questions. Garrett and and a lot of other people did. And that the, these were really I I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Garrett and Justin, but I think at, at the media press conference, the the questions about location and number of days, I think maybe took up more time in the press conference than anything else. Aside from maybe uh, Charlie was really digging into a lot of the deep financial health information about the organization um but aside from that it was really about location and uh time of year yep and yeah venue venue um yeah venue time of year and uh and days um because and one of the things that i didn't know is that the not only is the pca locked in you know on this five-year deal but it's for three and a half days or four four days. Yeah, this deal was written. This deal was written that we're currently in next next July is the last year of the current deal, and it was written and signed before Scott Pierce even came into play. Right. So, oh. and it's for three and a half day shows in this particular set of days in July, period. Yeah. So hopefully PCA can survive that five year span, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I knew that you guys were obviously there, but like, so your overall, they said, and here's the other thing. I've, 
I don't feel like there's 100% honesty with PCA. And maybe I'm wrong, I, but I, I, it just doesn't feel accurate to me from what I saw and what I witnessed. They said there were 17, 717 accounts this year, right? Um, your boosts were up 27%, um, down 17% from 2019, not, not 2020. Uh, 2021, you had 583 accounts. 2019, you had 771. So you're still down pre-pandemic, right? Right, yeah. They said overall badges were 2,057, 2,037, something like that, right? Um, dude, those I don't think those numbers are there, you know? I don't know if that store number is who supports the PCA and did they show up? Like, I wasn't in that media meeting, you know, uh, Mike Palmer's media, I'm not media. So that was, so to interrupt you, sorry, that was yeah. a specific question I asked when they talked is about Mike the Palmer media. And they said, no, right there. I'm sorry. I was there. He did. I'll verify. Scott Pierce, Scott Pierce does not like me. <laughs> I, I asked, cause when they gave out the, the badge statistics, I asked right. if that was, um, you know, just badges that were allotted or were those badges that, and, and they responded, those are badges that we gave out at the, at registration, at the registration booth. <clears throat> does, does that include uh, exhibitors too, or is that just retail people? I think that's everybody. I think oh, it's everybody. everybody. That's everyone. That's everybody. Then. So okay. So let. So yeah. I mean, if you cut that number in half, you're talking about 300 stores, 350 stores. Not to mention all the manufacturers who get badges for all their friends to come to the show too, who right. are just there to hang out. So which which right. is definitely a thing, right? You can. I mean, we can all attest to that. Mm-hmm. So, mm -hmm. there was 12 buyers. so, well, yeah. so, so there's about 12 buyers at the show. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's talk about location. Okay. You know, Ve Vegas has been, you know, the gold standard. So the last time the show was anywhere other than Las Vegas was 2015 and it was in new Orleans. Yep. And Scott Pierce brought up new Orleans at the media uh, press conference. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's on, from what I understand from Scott, it is on the short list of candidates for 2024 and beyond. Um, but there are there are huge drawbacks to New Orleans and and any city outside of Las Vegas. And I'm not a Las Vegas apologist, but when it comes to indoor smoking, I am a Las Vegas apologist. Right. Because as time goes on, <clears throat> you're going to see less and less places around the country that will allow you to smoke indoors. And even if you do find a convention space large enough where where we can smoke on the trade show floor, mm -hmm. so much of this business and the networking happens after hours at offsite locations, whether it's, you know, uh, other hotel bars casinos, restaurants, private suites rented out, things like that. Right. And if anybody can name a city other than Las Vegas where there are numerous and plentiful locations off-site after hours where people can smoke indoors, I'd be happy to hear those the, the names of those cities. But I can't think of one. Cartagena? Um, in, in, inside the U.S.? Oh, well, 
You know, Nicole thought of something very interesting, too, and I asked Scott about this, and he said it's too small, but she mentioned, like, Mohegan or Foxwoods in Connecticut um, because they're on Native American land. So technically they don't have to, you know, follow any state smoking laws and stuff like that. And he said they actually really looked into that, but they're too small. It, it was, their convention hall is not big enough for the trade show. But I know that's not the only one. I mean, that would maybe be a loophole, do it at a casino resort that's on like a native american land where okay yeah we'll let you smoke because we can do whatever the fuck we want uh granted it's big enough i don't know if that's an option like here's where i think the the pca made a mistake and this is obviously before scott pierce but i think that it's possible to to fix it if they wanted to invest and do this thing right final location that's mid-ground you know texas wherever in the middle of the u.s uh, go buy some big fucking industrial space, right? And make it around a city where people can go and always house your convention there. Like how much money gets burned to these unions in Vegas? How much money gets burned that we could be spending and investing into the PCA that goes to all these other fucking things that you have to do? I mean, it's $1,200 for a, for a fern. I learned that today. 1200 bucks. you want a bush in your fucking booth. Yeah. Um, you know, like all of those things are completely obnoxious. And you want to know how you even double up for more than that? You fucking store it all there too. So you charge, instead of me as a, a brand owner or a manufacturer taking my shit, shipping it to this location, paying for it to be, uh, you know, displayed, have them all house it in an area, have them take it all out, have them, and when it's done, have them stored in their own spot. And then now they've got, they have monthly revenue coming in from all brand owners and manufacturers, and it's all being put to use. You know, I think that that's a better approach. I mean, I understand that, yes, it's cool to, to, to go to areas where you can smoke, but there are plenty of areas that I went to in Vegas that I wasn't allowed to smoke, but I still went, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, you, there, there's, there, there are options. There's definitely options. Yes, is our cities and states is, as smoker-friendly as Vegas? No, but if you tell me for one second that you guys weren't, weren't, weren't all sitting at the square bar and you saw how many people walking past you going like this, <laughs> oh yeah with their eight-year-old kids at midnight 1 a.m and they're judging us you know for smoking yeah. cigars which the, ser- the servers and the bartenders complaining until right. yeah no end yeah so you're gonna get that regardless so why don't we start vertically integrating pca why don't we build a build a building or buy one that's already in need you know that's live big enough in space where they can kind of rent out right and then have them handle the storage as well. Hey, we offer this, this, and we offer these opportunities. Now, now you don't have to worry about anything. We got it all under control. You can staff it, the whole thing, right? I mean, that seems like a better resolution than us just hemorrhaging cash in Vegas or, or any place for the for that matter. Because none of it. I mean, even in, in worst case scenario, they're at least establishing an asset that gets paid for every year. You know monthly and then one big annual push but then they yeah. can take you know all that extra revenue and if they need to use it for for legal battles and stuff like that they have more money and as it progresses if you need to loan against the asset you can you can't loan against the sans expos doesn't work this doesn't yeah. work not yours so i mean that i think is the best resolution you can find plenty of places where you can find that industrial place space for relatively inexpensive that's in an area that would probably fit that best. You know, they could rent it out to the TPE. 
Denny Ray? Exactly. There you go. Hey, Hey, we want to do, you know, we want to embrace you guys for your convention, blah, 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 blah. We're going to do this. You're going to, you can come over here for a fragment of. Yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to switch it up right now. I'm going to say BBP, Big Brain Palmer. Ooh. Mm. Cheers. That's not going to crazy. Not as impressive at the bar, though. <laughs> well, it depends on who you're trying to pick up. Oh, that's true. You know. <laughs> what about uh, what about the time of year? Is mid July the best time? Let's say it's in. Let's say a, a diff, Make up a different case scenario. Let's say it's in Tampa or it's in Dallas or or something like that. Is is mid July still? Because a lot of retailers say they're super busy in the middle of July, regardless of whether the trade show is in Vegas or not. Listen, I'm going to go ahead and call out all the retailers. I'm sorry for taking over a little bit, but look, if you haven't handled your business to a point where you can step away for three days, then we got to look at a whole other scenario of things that you're doing wrong and how to make your business better and how to impact for one, you know, for one, have the ability to breathe because if you're constantly running your register and you have to constantly run that store, you're not in the best interest of your store. You know, um, I, I've been there. I've been, you know, I've had a retail shop for 13 years. First couple of years gone, we didn't have any employees, you know, but as time kind of progresses, you start putting together the pieces to make everything work, you know. So to say, hey, I can't step away for three days. That to me sounds like the same excuse of, hey, I have no room in my humidor for your cigars. Like if you have no, uh, I know that you're going to go buy stuff anyways, you know, that you don't have room for. So don't say that shit. Like I, I just don't, I don't buy it. You know, um, they, they got to put things in play. They got to put things in play because if you're not networking and you're not meeting other retailers and discussing things with uh, brands and stuff like that, you know, you're going to continue to stay stagnant until you get tired of it and you either A, sell for, you know, pennies on the dollar or you just close yeah well i will say that that scott pierce at the at the press conference essentially he all but ruled out any time in the fall like october or november he he basically ruled it out he said there's it's not going to happen um he was he was really leaning towards april it seemed to be that that seemed to be the month that he really was was focused on as far as future post 2023 did he say? Did he say why no fall? He said uh, tons of feedback from retailers saying do not do it in October or November. Okay, well, you know what? Hey, kudos for Scott for looking at the data and the analysis and the opinions of people that are answering those surveys, right? Yeah. Um, I don't think really think it makes a difference. If he wants to move it to April, okay, let's try April. Sure, whatever you want to do. Um, you know, April, July. What's the difference? You know, but does that make it too close to like TPE at the same time too? You know. That's well, it's possible, but uh, last year there were rumblings, and I don't really know the inner workings of TPE, but there were rumblings that TPE is going to move to the fall. Oh. oh, so so the big reason for not fall was many of the northern states. Um, they kind of go on a on a slow or a freeze during late fall, oh, right man. before winter hits. Right. No, nobody cares about the northern states. Yeah, they, they don't ship you then anyway. I mean, what you order at the show, you might get six months later. if Or a year so, later. Right. I mean, if you're smart enough, you can buy for what they're going to ship later. Yeah. Are we going to talk about BCA exclusives at all? 
Oh, yes, we are. Okay, good. Okay, then I'll wait. <laughs> um, so let's talk about um, let's let's go with your uh, let's go with a positive. And I'm going to start with I'm going to start with Matt Tobacco on this one. As you walked the trade show floor and looked at all the booths from a from a vibe standpoint, from a design standpoint, from an activity standpoint, what was your favorite overall booth on the trade show floor? Oh, man. Um, I really like Selected Tobacco's booth a lot. We talked about it on my show on Thursday, and we talked about it on Spare Notes on Saturday. Um, it was it was a new booth than they had since IPCPR. Uh, it was nice. It was different. It was more... Um, it was more... Uh, what's the it, it felt less like a booth and more like a showroom. Yeah. And even Carney was like, yeah, if there was like a Lamborghini in that booth, wouldn't look out of place. Yeah, it would have fit in. It was just like you walk, you, you felt like you walked into a store. It wasn't like you were in a booth. It was like covered, but you like walked in just the whole layout of it, the design. It was like I felt like I walked into it, it was like almost, a Rolex store. It was almost <laughs> like a museum, like, yeah. like Fabergé eggs were on display. I mean, those ashtrays, kind of I mean, to it. those oh, yeah. ashtrays they had on display were like, yeah, it was like you know, rare museum art pieces. Yeah. Um, it was like, wow, that one really was, I was like, wow, this booth is awesome. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, what about you? Hands down, uh, wildfire. Yeah. That booth um, was, it was really fun. The, uh, the, the, it's just such my vibe. I obviously up at, you know, uh, I love the outdoors. I love, um, his whole, I mean, it was just fantastic. Um, I loved it. I loved meeting Jeremy, talking with him. Uh, I'm sorry we missed him on the last day. Apparently he got into the bear suit. Um, we, we did see him. I, I wasn't sure if that was him in the bear suit, but apparently it was, it was. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so yeah, wildfire. Yeah. That wins it for me. I have a video of Jeremy on the stripper pole in uh, the Room 101 booth. Ooh. That's hot. <laughs> was it? Tell me when he was, please tell me, when he was on the stripper pole, did he have on the tall uh, tube socks with the yeah. green stripes? Yeah. Oh. Yes. I don't know if I can. All right, I'm going to need a minute. I'll, ha I'll have to send it to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying yes. to get the camera to pick it up, but, I mean, I don't know if I can get it to yeah. the lighting. you got to send me that. I will send yeah. it to you. All right, uh, Justin, what was your favorite booth? Uh, favorite booth. I mean, wildfire, of course, that was a good one. Um, I mean, Ace Prime, they, they had a good thing going on with, with crown heads and Luciano and, and John Uber and all them there. That was, that was a good solid one. It's more like a family environment with Luciano's whole family there and everything yeah. too. So that, that stood out to me. Yeah. Uh, BDP, which, uh, booth really stood out to you? I like the PDR with the big bright backgrounds they had. Oh yeah. Big, yeah. That, that was like, nice. Everybody else is usually so dark and, and so more cigar looking. That looked more like a like a little vacation timeshare type thing, and it drew your attention every time you walked by. Yeah. What about you, Mike? You know, I really liked the foundation booth. It was like kind of simple yet complicated, right? Like the the, the stretch that they had with the big triangle. Yeah, the big yeah, triangles. Reggae like, oh, music in the background. Yeah, that yeah. you know that definitely had a lot of thought to it. Um, and I thought that Nick did a great job with that. So I would have said the foundation 
sure. Yeah, I'm with you. I, that was that was at the top of my list was Foundation. Uh, it had because if you saw their booth like back in 2018, it was it was a really nice booth, but this was like a step up. But at the same time, I agree. It was it kind of had a simplicity to it, yet it was also it, it covered everything in their product line. Right. Uh, and it also had a little bit of a wow factor to it. And and it had a cool vibe. You know, they he's always bringing the reggae and and sometimes he'll mix in a little hip hop. But but it's you know, it's uh, it's a nice booth. And and he's one of those guys that just kind of emulates good energy and he gives it to all the people who kind of work the booth too. So yeah, it had a good vibe. Um, so let's talk about the most interesting new brands or new cigars. And it doesn't have to be like their first ever trade show, but maybe brands that are, that are still sort of up and coming, you know, if, uh, I think if, Ronnie's already kind of got us going there. <laughs> um, he brought up El Septimo. Oh yeah. So so, uh, Matt, go ahead and jump into El Septimo. And and full full disclosure, we did not make it to the El Septimo booth. So oh, I did. Yeah, Matt, we we we, go, we shot go ahead there. And go ahead and tell us what what you saw there. Um. So we we filmed with Zaya. Um. He wanted to set up his own lighting before we started filming too, because he really <laughs> wanted to show off, um, the light on the jewels and, and whatnot too. So. Uh, they they were very on point. Um, I saw the three five million dollar lighters, the Emperor Collection gold pyramid humidor with the gold. I think it was a pen in the middle, shaped like one of the cigars. And then he had that bottle of cognac that was in like a giant golden nugget. And uh, apparently, if I remember correctly, the barrel was from Napoleon's castle from like two hundred three hundred years ago. Um, and they opened it and they said that they had to drink it all because they couldn't, once they opened the bottle that way they had to drink it all. So I guess they, apparently they consumed, I know Jeff Borshowitz posted a video. He had some of it. Um, that was, uh, it, it's, it was bigger than their booth last year. If you guys remember their booth last year, their booth last year was like, you know, it was decent you know, for what I, this year was much bigger, much more elaborate. They had that giant video screen. They had the classical music playing. When you walk in the front of the booth, it was like the red carpet, and then you had all of the Emperor collections and glass cases on the side leading up to the middle where he had two guards inside the roped-off area where the lighters and the cognac and the, the pyramid humidor were. Um, pretty much what I expected from them. I mean, they have this... Uh, uh, just this feel of over luxury to them. Um, you know, like yeah. they had the biggest dick in the room to swing around. Um, very colorful, very fun. But I mean, $5 million for a lighter. I, it, according to Zaya, they all sold out in the first 15 minutes of the show. Curious to know who bought them. I only bought, I only bought two of them. Oh, you only got two. I, I, oh, all right. the, I don't know who bought the third one, but I only bought two. So. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I, yeah, I don't know. That's I, I held one. He, he, we were in the middle. Of, he told me to. Pick I got, it up, a, I got like, a loan okay. from Skip. Skip, Skip gave me a little cash to, to. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, just use Skip's bank account. He'll cover you. <laughs> uh, Garrett, what about you? What uh, new, new or interesting uh, brands? Um, I loved. Uh... The story of uh, Don Dorotoro, Dorotoro Tale, 
Yep, second one. You were so close. Yeah. Uh, that was a fantastic story. Uh, Juan, who just, uh, you could see the passion in him that, you know, he wanted to bring back some family legacy stuff. So that was a really cool thing. And then I loved what United did with the Red Anchor. Um, mm. You know, bringing back an old brand and the cigar was fantastic as well. So uh, yeah, I, I haven't smoked the Red Anchor yet, but I've heard from you and multiple other people that it was very good. So, so good. Yeah. Uh, Justin, what about you for smaller unheard of brands um smaller unheard of brands um oh power g power g, g yeah oh yeah 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 power g had um you know a couple different was it leon Cersei and ike yeah ike, ike, taylor, ike taylor, taylor and leon Cersei. there in the booth and and howard's just like a ball of energy i mean the dude is just go 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 yeah. and super nice super welcoming a lot of fun and working working with you know you know good tobacco people so yeah i think he's right next to mike and mike and yeah he was yeah we got to talk to him about it his fiance said he wakes up that way he is on 24 hours a day she said (laughs) yeah she said that's not just show that's every day he's like this you guys are crazy (laughs) um mike what was uh something uh interesting and new from a brand perspective that you saw well, you took mine because I was definitely going to say them 100%. Like, you know, I, the energy, the, the hard work, like it's all there. And as they, if they continue to, Howard G continues to progress, I think they'll continue to grow. You know, um, they're still in their infancy and that, you know, there's, there's definitely, they have way more opportunities and they have the right mindset where they're going to continue to develop and grow. I mean, um, the quiet rumblings of Eladio Cigar, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm kind of, quoting my my friend but he he was really excited about it and i didn't get a chance to smoke the agape but i think that that's a cigar that's you know flies over the radar for people that are in the industry but under the radar for your average consumer so it definitely has a lot of potential and uh it's definitely interesting for sure and was that was that the freud cigars well yeah so they had the freud but uh, you know um i'm getting positive feedback from a person I respect as far as the agape is concerned. So I really want to smoke that one. That was the one that I laughed my ass off because on your show, uh, BDP called it agape. Yeah. And I, I lost it's it. The agape. I, I, I almost had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> is that Skip sitting next to you? What? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Mikey's basically a puppet for Skip most days. So. Maybe. I have no idea. You're the, going, you're the, you're the security now. detail for Disney World, right? My, yes, I was the security yeah. detail. <laughs> I was. Princess security, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So so BDP, tell us who, who you saw that, that was new and up and coming that you liked. Uh, I like the Howard uh, Howard G's guys. You were nice. Ike and I had a little bit of a run-in at the TPE, uh, but uh, it, it, it was nice having the running store. I talked to Leon a lot. Leon Cersei because he was lean, leaning on our leaning on the side of ours most of the time. So yeah. <laughs> he was, he was, poor guy. He was he a lot move, of fun. He didn't move to. a lot. He didn't no, move. Um, once he got in and sat down, that was about, that was about it. He that dude was awesome. Like you start I, talking talking about football, and he's like, "Now this guy, 
he was a motherfucker. I'm like, oh damn, like you know, that's his term for this guy was a badass. Yeah. It was fucking awesome, dude. His his hands look like fucking catcher's mitts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it was like he, ridiculous. Like he asked him what he missed the most from football, and he goes, the money. The money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know if any of you guys um, saw uh, this little booth that was kind of over in that direction toward the sort of the back right corner towards like wildfire that was called apostate cigars oh yeah and, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah we, 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 we got them. by and saw them and um very cool story you know and um you know well i i don't think i posted that interview yet on our youtube channel but it's cool story and um you know i uh, i just love seeing guys yeah, out there taking chances to try to start up a new cigar brand yeah when bdpm announced it on our show we called it a prostate so he definitely got a the prostate <laughs> right i, I thought there it was go. A, you know a new test some of them thing. right there yeah i've already had uh i think i had this one already it was great and then mm -hmm. they have a uh, like a dark candela which is really nice um yeah i, I met up with them cool stuff cool story nice booth yeah. um got some samples from them as i said I, I smoked one it was pretty good um definitely worth checking out if you did not see them at the show check them out online or whatever find them get in touch with their cigars get in touch with them Brand, uh, brandon awesome guy yeah um so one one brand that i think maybe got brought down to earth a little bit and i don't say that in a dis disparaging way i say because at the at last year's 2021 trade show it was just it was just so much hype and everybody was talking about this brand over and over during the trade show after the trade show even up until a few weeks ago before this year's trade show started oh can i guess about this brand yes is it ferry otago yes it is yeah and I say brought down to earth, not because the brand is doing poorly. I I have no idea what their sales numbers are. What I'm saying is last year it was all hype. It was new. It was Michael Herklotz. It was energy. It was like all positivity. And this year it was it was it was kind of reality check time. It was small booth, wasn't really very crowded when we were there. And you know, I'm not saying they're doing poorly. That's not my that's that's not my point. My point is, I think. After that sort of new car smell wears off a little bit, you know, that's when guys really have to start grinding and they can't rely on that that hype anymore. And I I, I say that encouragingly because. I believe Mike is one of those people. You know, Herklotz is one of those people that's he's not gonna he's not just gonna stop the grind. He's gonna keep pushing. But I think it was a little bit of a of a down to earth moment. Did anybody else kind of see that same vibe from that booth this year? I mean, I, I guess I see what you're saying. I mean, it was quieter. You know, I think there was a lot of hype. Um, you know, last year I think you know everyone knows Michael. He's been around a long time. He knows the business really well he you know made that announcement hey you know we bought the brands from you know nat sherman and altria we're going to set up shop we're going to use those brands people are very in and then hey we're going to have our own stuff too that's brand new there's a lot of curiosity like oh what are they going to do now that it's been out for a year people kind of know like all right well this is what he did with it and the people know what to expect now so now it's kind of like all right now we know uh, yeah. but like you said not because they're doing bad i think that 
it, it seems as though, and I don't know specifics either, but it seems as though they're doing very well. Um, but I think now people are just kind of like, all right, well, Mike's back and we know what he's capable of and his stuff's good. So there it is. And it's just kind of like that, that big, oh my God, like Michael Herklotz is bringing the brands back. Like that whole like um, excitement period is over now because now people know. Yeah. I think now is when the real work begins is from is kind of the, the feel I'm getting. And I, and from what I was getting from Michael at the, at the booth, when we talked to him, it, it, it seems like they're, they're ready for it and they're, you know, they're, I think they're working really hard, but I think they're starting to see maybe the early signs of shit, shit. We got a lot of work to do. This is, you know, hype, the hype may be dying down. Now it's time to push. Do you think there's still a stigma stuck to those brands because of the way it went out and then he picked it back up? I mean, really I the brand didn't change. So. He didn't change. He just just changed the name of the company. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. I think honestly, I think there are a lot of consumers out there who were longtime Nat Sherman smokers. Who right. I agree. Know. I agree. But the, maybe they you know, know got the a little turned off when you know all of a sudden it was clearanced everywhere and yeah. everybody bought up on it. And now they're back out and they're like, well, I paid three dollars for that. A year ago now it's you know back up to 12 yeah like that i'm uh, honestly i'm not hearing that from uh from retailers and i do know some local retailers in this area who are right. you know regular sellers of of those products and they they haven't reported any um any downturn in demand for that product gotcha um, and actually, uh, David Floyd in the comments, uh, brings up West Tampa. Uh, and that's, yeah. that's obviously a big thing. You know, uh, Ricky Rodriguez leaves CAO after a very long time and, you know, starts his own thing. A lot of, again, uh, kind of, kind of the same thing, not necessarily to the same degree that Ferry Otego had last year, but a lot of hype surrounding West Tampa tobacco. Uh, Ricky's got a lot of good, solid relationships in this business. And, um, you know, when we talked to him, he was really kind of overwhelmed and, 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 and ready to go. But, um, you know, what are, what are people's thoughts on, on, uh, that launch? I was actually going to bring that up myself. I, we were supposed to go over there. Um, and then due to some of our, our difficulties at the show, we, we missed our appointment. We went back, we were waiting to get in by that time they were slammed. Um, we actually never ended up catching up with them, but it seemed as though they were busy. There was a lot of buzz going on there. I've heard a lot about it going into the show. People were talking about it a lot at the show. Um, so I agree with what Matt said. It, not quite like Ferry Otego, but there's definitely a lot of buzz around it. Uh, but they were busy. They were really busy at the show. Can we talk controversy now? Oh, Well, let's get some more takes on West Tampa. Okay. Um, look, man, you know, I've met Ricky once. So this is just kind of what I'm speculating on. And I could be 100% wrong. When you leave the, a, a pipeline in a channel that's so as big as General Cigars, and then you kind of transition into your own thing, you know, I think that it could really appear easy at first. But once you kind of get into the nitty gritty of things, and when you got to pay for all your stuff, you got to develop. You're going to handle all all of the, the the aspects of running your own business as a brand owner. Um, I think that it's extremely overwhelming. I think that it can it can be very difficult. And you know, 
it's it's not easy, you know. So when it's it's really kind of interesting to see the dynamic of some guys kind of going out and doing these things on their own, and you all everybody kind of looks and like, will they survive? Like, uh, who knows, right? And you kind of and we'll always watch them probably a little harder than you would anybody else, you know. And then you have like guys like Matt going the opposite direction with signing in with STG, um, who's kind of been out on his own and, and has, has had that experience and understands that it's a fucking grind. It's not, it ain't pretty, you know, it's, it's hard. It is hard as shit. Everybody thinks they're going to get into the cigar industry and they're going to make millions of dollars, <laughs> you know? And there are so many levels to this game as far as the knowledge and learning and, and blending and developing. And you kind of, kind of find your lane as to your niche as to what works for you, because all of those avenues can be successful, right? Yeah. Um, they can, you know, some I think are more advantageous than, uh, than others. And the, obviously the more knowledge and the more connections you have, the better off you are. But turning off that spigot of, of the sales force or just the accounts that are already established and then going to ground zero and kind of leveling up, you know, that's hard, man. You're going to, you know, you, you're going to get some of those accounts back. You'll start off with your new cigar, but then what are you going to do next? What's your next step? Are you going to develop, expand on that core line? Are you going to create another core line? Are you going to do limiteds? Are, are you going to have the ability to do those things? Are you going to have the ability to, to make specific blends and specific creations? How much thought are you putting behind it? How much bullshit are you saying? You know, like all of those things happen in this industry. So um, I, I wish them the best. You know, I, I think that anybody who jumps out of a, a big corporation like that and kind of goes on their own, they get a hard wake up call. Right now you're saying that Herklotz just had that. Maybe Ricky has it as well. You know, I hope, I hope both of them succeed. I hope both of them keep going and press forward. You know, um, like I, I met Herklotz once. So, and he seemed like a really cool guy. Everybody who I, I, I know always says good things about him. So I hope he succeeds, you know, but it's a lot. It is a lot to do. And yeah. there's, you know, you eventually, I think you get to a point where you really kind of define yourself. Are you going to, A, continue to deal with the re retailers that really don't give a fuck and are just kind of slapdicking things around? Or are, are you going to really get behind your brand with specific retailers and kind of build and develop? And I think that the latter is definitely the move. You know, the former probably has a bigger check at first, but long term, I don't think that it, it's sustainable. Yeah. All right. Garrett brought up a word, controversy. I don't know what the hell you're talking about. That felt like controversy. Controversy. I don't. I controversy. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. You know, Garrett, what? Garrett must be sitting on something juicy. I think the word. I up. think the word controversy is irrelevant. Oh <laughs> wow! That's <laughs> wordplay. That is some wordplay right Rocky there, Matt Ty. Was anyone there for Rocky speech this time around? I missed it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Did he, think, what, did I he give one? I don't think there was a speech. He gave one at the end. No, he gave yeah. one at the end. Oh, okay. Maybe he asked everybody to put their cell phones in a basket or something. I don't know. You know. <laughs> there was a speech. We heard there was a speech, but we missed it. So my, my guess is Garrett's going to say something about that has the word bar in it. Ah, yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Go ahead. Well, you know, it's out there. Um, the, uh, you know, and it all boils down to what's a premium cigar. 
what should the PCA do to regulate or not regulate what's brought on on the show on, on the show floor and is the playing field level for all players. Go on. Keep keep going. So, I mean, my, you're not going to stop question, there. You're not going to stop there. Keep keep going. You brought this my, up. My, you brought this yeah. up. <laughs> so my question is, the silver bar, what is everybody's take on the silver, silver bar specifically? And uh, we know that um, there was a you know, a board member that brought it to the attention and it was ignored. Right. So how, how do you guys feel? And um, BDP, I'll start with you and ask, what is your opinion on not only the silver bar, but, you know, is this an even playing field for all brands? I don't think it's an even playing field. No, I think the people that the PCA likes, get away with more stuff than some of the brands they don't. I'm not really sure what the silver bar is. I just must have missed that. Well, so Rocky, Rocky man. So you remember uh, just uh, to bring everybody up to speed last year, uh, Aladino. Yeah. Along with uh, two guys, smoke shop released what is known bar. as the cigar bar, which is a, a three pack of cigars. Okay. Uh, what was, because it was a, I believe, a one-time only release. It was a, it was a three-pack of cigars, packaged in to look essentially like a candy bar. Oh, okay. Oil right, wrapping yeah. with a brown label right. around it that like looked the guys like guys that do the butter and uh, munchies. Yeah. Uh, the, the, and it was called, and it was called cigar bar. Now okay. this year, the, uh, and this was, it, and it was uh, distributed through United Cigar. Right. And this year. Uh, United Cigar worked with Rocky Patel, and the the label on the cigar looks vastly different. It's basically all silver, but it does not say on the label. It does not say silver bar. It still says what it said last year, which is cigar bar. Cigar bar. Now, it does not necessarily look like, uh, to some people's eyes, a candy bar, but coming directly on the heels of last year's cigar bar that looked very much like a candy bar. It could be, and maybe should be, I'm just saying maybe should be construed as, uh, in the same category of product. So are, are we concerned that kids are going to get this and eat it? No, it's, it's, it's about branding presentation and whether or gotcha. not the PCA is consistent across the board oh, of, no, I don't, I don't of enforcing no. uh, uh, branding rules for their for their members, and whether or not some brands are allowed to maybe. And I'm I'm just speculating. So I'm I'm just right. speculating right. whether or not the some brands are allowed to cross a hypothetical line. Mm -hmm. And other brands are not allowed to cross a hypothetical line. And does it does it make a difference? The fact that this new presentation doesn't look as much like a candy bar as last year's did. Gotcha. 
Yeah, no, I, I think they pick and choose who they go after. Rocky's a big guy. United's a big guy. David Garofalo. They're not going to go after him as much as they're going to go after the Munchies, something like that, which was a big thing a little while ago. And and to what to my understanding, and and I'll full disclosure, I don't know any, I don't know the specifics, but there was one, uh, according to what I heard, there was one booth somewhere on the show floor that had a product on display that were told at some point during the duration of the trade show, they had to remove that product from the floor. Do you know why? What was the reason? I, I, I mean, don't, what, no. I don't. And I'm sorry. I don't have more information about that. I, uh, but, but we're, we're, we can, we can, you know, do we know if it was in the same realm or if it was just something that was just completely different? I honestly don't know, but I know that there, I know that at one point someone from the PCA went to one of the exhibitors and said, this product right here, you have to remove it right now. Hmm. Beyond that, I don't know the specifics. So, uh, so BDP gave his thoughts. Mike, what are, you, what, what are your thoughts on this whole kerfuffle? Okay, so from a retailer's perspective, I have a right to buy or not buy anything that I think is going to sell, right? I don't think that the PCA really has a leg to stand on when it comes to regulating how any brand packages or attempts to sell said product. You know, I don't. I think it's already kind of been confirmed that we're not aiming at kids. Kids aren't aren't interested in our products. Uh, they're not spending fifteen, sixteen dollars on a cigar. So I don't have to agree with it. I don't have to disagree with it. I can decide if I think that I have a consumer for it and kind of move on. Now, as far as the PCA stepping in, we're uh, looking the other way. You know, I think that the real, the reality is, you know, how much leverage does the PCA really have against a brand over owner of a manufacturer? You know, if you go after some of these smaller guys that don't have as much money, they'll easily take a step back, right? <laughs> Shit, I, I don't want to pursue this. It's not worth it for me. I, you know, I won't display or whatever. Um, but when you push on some of the bigger guys, the guys who have attorneys on retainer, you know, it's like, if you want to go down this road, we can, right? And now you're battling inside your own industry, which is completely stupid. So um, I like Riste. Day. I think that uh, he's a good dude. I think that he didn't get a fair shake, you know, um, and, you know, he, he backed off, which, you know, I wish he didn't. Um, I'm, I know that he, he's working on his own things, his own tactics and stuff like that, but you know, you're not supposed to leave early either on the trade show, right? You, you, That's you're true. That's you're true. Supposed to be there to the bitter end with the last five retailers on the half day, you know, you gotta be there and those are the rules, but Caldwell made a great point. I gotta be here, but all the PCA board members, you know, there are people showing pictures of the airport saying that's a wrap. Like, <laughs> come on, man. What the fuck are we doing here? Well, we'll, we'll, we'll get to that, but I want to I want to keep going around the horn with the the whole cigar bar thing. And and everybody, I want you to know Oliver Naveau from United Cigars in the comments. And you know, uh, we we want we want input from you, Oliver, because this is we're not making any, making any determinations on this show right now. We're all just you know sharing our thoughts, and you know it's we we realize these are all complicated issues but you know uh everybody's got their own kind of opinions about how this has all gone down uh, so uh matt tobacco what what are your thoughts on the 
cigar bar thing. I actually already talked to Oliver about this privately because um, okay. I, I brought it up to him while I was writing my my article on the United booth. And, you know, the one thing I'll say about the, look, we've had this discussion before. Um, some some of the stuff that's out there is is very blatantly advertised as food, 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 food. Um, some of it's not like I would say in the case of United with the bar. I mean, it's 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 wrapped like a candy bar, but at the same time, it's not also like they're calling it candy. They're not calling it chocolate. It doesn't mention anything about food on it. Um, you know, it's I, you could you could even argue that they're trying to call it like a silver bar, like a like a like a like a bar of silver. Bar of like silver. A, like a, right. I mean, it doesn't like Oliver said. Like, hey, it doesn't say anything about food on it. So. Versus, you know, I can understand when people, you know, look at wrist day with the munchies or, you know, even when I think and I think a lot of this, too, really started with Pravada with some of the stuff that they were doing. I think that's kind of how that conversation got started. Then the PCA put the letter out, kind of making it into a thing. Um, and then everyone kind of started to break it down from there. And I really think that's how that whole discussion started. Um, but I agree. I think. It's 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 a complicated issue because like there's some people who, you know, like like you guys were saying, there's there's big guys that get away with things, there's little guys that don't. Um, some of it's aggressively, you know, regardless of like whether they're trying to market to kids or not, right? We we know they're not trying to market to kids. I agree. No one's trying to market to kids. You have to be 21. You know, Ronnie's in the comments. You have to be 21 to go in the shop. That is all true. I agree with all that. Um, I think that when people see something that's aggressively marketed that way, it's easy. It's it's an easy low hanging fruit to argue that the kid thing, right? And then you look at the thing that United did, and it's while it's in that realm, we're talking about it, right? Um, you know, like to Oliver's point, like, hey, it doesn't say food on it, it doesn't say chocolate. It's just a, it's just a silver wrapped packaging of three cigars. You can even argue that it's a silver bar. So I I, I would agree with like with what Mike said, like. It it's kind of depends. Like the, there's there's not a fair shake, I guess, with who with who gets what. Um, I know it's been a hot topic of discussion, um, but I, I think ultimately the way it boils down is you know the the PCA can't enforce it, right? Um, the manufacturers are going to make what they want, and like Mike said, the retailer has you know every right to buy what they want to buy. I mean, at this point in the game, there's no rule that says they can't make it, so the manufacturers can make it. And you know, if Mike says, "Hey, I want to buy this and bring it in my shop," he has every right to do that. Yeah. Um, that that's just kind of the way it goes. So it's it's kind of a a multi tiered answer, um, for that reason. Just because there's so many different points of view on it, um, we've been talking about it a lot. That's just kind of how I I've taken it. Well, and he, I want to be clear about my point um, or my position rather that I have no issues with these products. My issue comes from the unfair playing field um that that's the issue if it's a legal product and you're bringing it to the show to exhibit you should be able to bring it to the show that's my opinion no matter the size or whatever and i understand that the pca is kind of playing dual duty of you know running an exhibition show as well as a um a lobbying organization and they kind of have to play this little song and dance. Um, but at the end of the day, when we see bigger brands get a pass and the smaller brands not get a pass, um, that's an issue I have. 
Yeah, it's 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 super complicated, I think. And and a lot of times we we want to take issues and we want to boil them down and say that they're simple. But I think we're we're better off really digging into these conversations. And I think these are conversations that need to be had between brand owners and PCA and um retailers and PCA, I think these conversations have to keep going because even because it's the uncomfortable conversations that tend to have more uh, meaningful dialogue and more meaningful outcome, you know, and whether, whether or not at the end of all of it, people agree or disagree if if we just sit back and say no i'm going to stay out of these uncomfortable conversations i don't think it does necessarily anybody any good i think i think it's important to bring up the uncomfortable topics to have the uncomfortable conversations to disagree about shit because um if if we just stay away from the controversy then we're probably not going to get very far with you know, and I and, I and I agree, and that's why I kind of answered the way I did because it's it's not really a simple answer because yeah. there's it, it there's different sized companies different doing different things, and then there's the PCA, there's the retailers, there's the manufacturers, and there's there's our opinion, which everyone knows is only a grain of salt. Um, so yeah, it, and you're right though. I mean, you, you have to have the conversation. Now, some, now I've I've spoken to some retailers, and I'll be honest with you, I've spoken to some retailers who who, who don't like. The conversation at all because they feel it just brings light to it for the fda and people like make it put a target on it like oh wow they're talking about this let's look more into this uh and i get that too uh but you know at the end of the day you know like oliver made a when i was talking to oliver he made an argument to me um like hey look there's still candy they're made for kids in candy stores where kids go and it's like the candy cigarettes there's candy cigars there's bubblegum cigars chocolate cigars there's still stuff like that. So, I mean, that's candy that's meant for kids that's packaged to look like tobacco products. And then you're talking about there's tobacco products that are marked, they're, are packaged to look like candy. So, like, the whole vice versa thing. So, it, to Oliver's point, which he made to me, is like, well, if anyone's going to give us shit for packaging stuff like this, um, you know, why is it still okay for candy companies to make stuff that looks like our products for kids that kids yeah. buy. It's a and, fair point. And it's a fair point. And I agree with you, but something I've heard, and I'm, I'm not saying this is my position. I'm saying devil's advocate that I've heard from some other people is hundred percent. That's true. Everything you said is true. And everything Oliver said is true, but the candy companies don't have a, don't have a, a, a sniper's scope aligned on their forehead right now, like the cigar industry does. Uh, how about that cigar, Matt? Skip says you can afford to burn a, a few more bridges, just for the record. You can, you can fucking get on out there. And, and you've earned that credit. You've put if, in the hard work. You go ahead and you fucking go at it. If, if somebody else wants to light the match and burn the bridge, that's up to them, but I won't be the one to burn it. Oh, come on. I, it's a lot funner. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's move into the next topic of controversy and Mike, uh, already brought it up, which is, you know, the comment that, uh, and we're not, we're not, you know, raising any secrets here or calling anybody out of school. 
Robert Caldwell was very, very vocal in his uh, criticism of the PCA uh, for seeing some board members. And, you know, they left the show floor early and saw some board members in the airports. So is that, uh, you know, is, is that much ado about nothing or is it uh, is it meaningful? Does it does it even matter? It sets a bad example. I mean, if they want us to stay, they should have to stay too. It's their show, for God's sakes. So, are you talking PCA staff members or PCA board members? Board members. I think it's more important the board members are there and show their face to the last minute. I mean, they should be there locking the door when it's over. Okay. I want everybody there. Fuck it. There. Are you going to make me be there? But then again, it goes back to the same scenario. If I left early, first of all, how would you know? Second of all, if you did know, what are you going to send me? Send me an aggressive letter. Hey, you know, don't do that. Like, oh, okay. Right. Bad. You left early. Right. Yeah, because the the rule really is for, and the, the rule is for exhibitors. It's not, the rule isn't for right. retailers and media. Retailers. No, no. The, yeah, the rule is for exhibitors. If you have a yeah. booth on the show floor, right. the expectation is that you're going to uh, have that booth uh, staffed and available to people throughout the entire duration of the trade show floor. Interesting. Maybe you should shorten the show. So, um, I don't think that's fair to these guys. A lot, dude. It is like it is. I've been in this game long enough, which is sad to me. It doesn't even say that statement for 13 years, where I've seen this whole cycle, right? And now we're experiencing all these new brands pop up. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of them were disappointed at this show, the PCA, and then and how it how it panned out, right? And to say to them. Oh, you lost your ass? Cool. Well, stick around one more day, pal, because you're in it for, your, you know, for the for the next three guys that are walking in this door who aren't interested. You know, that's just complete horseshit. That's complete horseshit. And you know what? It, you're not only your use as PCA. Not only do you have to cater to retailers, you have to cater to brand owners and manufacturers. Like that's how the whole cigar con thing got shut down, right? Because there was an uproar from the brand owners and manufacturers. Like, whoa, dude, what the fuck are you talking about? You can't do that. Right. So the reality is that, for one, that half day is a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. I, you know, uh, it is. And it's not fair to a lot of these smaller guys to say, hey, you got to stick it out. You know, <laughs> um, I remember a couple of conversations, candid conversations with some guys, um, not this year, but, you know, before where, where they got their ass handed to them. Like, you know. You lost 30, 40 G's by yeah. doing this whole thing. And, you know, you're going to look that guy in the eyes who took his shot, maybe made a few missteps, but, you know, um, on his own, obviously. But you're going to say, well, now you got to you got to stay another day. I mean, come on, man. And meanwhile, the other guys, our staff, our board members, our staff members, they go ahead. They, they, you guys save him when you guys go home. Good job. You know? Yeah. My, my personal opinion is – if if a PCA member is going to pay the money to go set up a booth at the at the trade show in Vegas and bring some people there to staff it and write orders and then at a certain point they realize that the return on investment is not there if if I was one of those brand owners and I was at the and I was there halfway through day 3 <clears throat> and nothing was happening, then I may say, you know what? I'm I'm going to pack it up. I'm good. And and as far as I'm concerned, they should be allowed to do that. 
Yeah, I mean, the reality is that even for the bigger companies, the money's not there for the last day. It's not. So, you know, it's just it's just an added cost for everybody. Yeah. You know, <laughs> obviously they'll write more orders than, than your small guys, but it doesn't make sense for them either. It doesn't make sense for them either, bro. It's just crazy. Yeah. That's like saying the bigger brands can't send anybody home early. You know, if you brought 20 guys, all 20 guys got to stay to the end. Now like yeah. it's slowing down, so let's start funneling people home. You know, hey, you want to go home? You go ahead. We will stay. Right. And yeah. These... You don't get a you don't get a discount for leaving early. It's not like okay, well, I only use the space for three days, not four. Exactly. So yeah, so you still pay the money. Yeah, you they got all my money anyway. So whatever does it make if I'm there one day or four days? Yeah, you you don't get a prorated check saying we're going to return this amount of money to right. you. You're still out the money, uh, but but maybe. So so let's say for a, a medium to small brand, they say, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to I'm going to pack up and leave the trade show floor on, on the middle of day three. Right. And my my I have two salespeople and they're going to go off in in that remaining day and a half that they would have been on the trade show floor and actually visit retailers who didn't come to the show. And right. actually, write write orders. Right, he's got a better shot doing that. So it's, it, yeah, I, I I say they paid the money if they want to leave early, let them leave early. Yeah. They they, they right. paid their money. You don't get to pay and for food for another day. You don't pay for hotels for another night. I mean, that's right. a lot of money there in Vegas. Yeah, Matt, what do you think? Yeah, Matt. <clears throat> to be honest with you, I I think that the the argument. For, probably stems from retailers who paid to go and this is you know playing devil's advocate the retailers on the other side who pay to go and you know everyone knows how busy that show can be and you know after a few days you know they're still they're still hunting around they're still looking around i mean and they're look and i know that there's retailers who only go for two days and then they leave or they come for this last two days i know i know there's guys who can do that not every shop does that some some Smaller guys, maybe they need the whole show to look around and buy what they want to buy. I'm not a retailer. I thought for me to speak on that, but anyway, <laughs> um, I think that there was probably a, a a group of people who probably complained at some point in time. And remember, I've only been doing the trade show for two years, so you know, just remember that too. Um, but like, I think I think there's an argument that could be said that look, there's retailers who paid to go to the show and paid for hotel and airfare and all that shit. Maybe they brought some of their staff out. I don't know. And they go and then they see a booth is now empty and they're gone. And they're like, oh, well, we came out here because we really wanted to order from them and now they're not fucking here. Um, and then they, they feel like they paid to go to see somebody and then they're not there. So they feel like, well, that sucks. Now, I know some people will say, well, you know, they should have got to them or, you know, hey, there's other brands you can buy from, whatever the excuse is. I could see that being the argument on that side. On the manufacturer side, I get it. I, I do. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's all about business. And, and Carney and I talked a lot about this on Thursday. It's it, we've talked about like the trademarks and stuff. Uh, the the Fuente uh, CAO thing came up, and you know the the theme there is: look, at the end of the day, it's it's not about um, you know personal feelings. It's it's business. You know, it, yeah. it, everything you do is business. You know, just like the trademark thing. It's no one's doing it because they're out to get someone. It's, well, I have money vested in this brand and I need to protect it. So it, it's business. I'm going to go after it. Same thing with, you know, people pay money to go to the trade show. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I do I think they should be there the whole time if they they pay to go? I think they should. But I also can understand, like you guys are saying, you know, if after three days you're not writing any orders and, you know, you're not making money at the show and, you know, now you're just standing around, uh, I, I can see, yeah, it's, it's lost money. You know, it's lost time. It's lost money. You know, you're yeah. paying your staff to be there. You're paying for them to go up to another night in the hotel room. Uh, versus, you know, you can pull the pull the plug on the last day, which and this is the and this is the problem with the last day, right? And the last day is a half day, right? And I know Mike's mentioned too, like, well, they make the show shorter. There is a st- and this is a bigger issue than just the leaving early thing. There's a stigma with that last half day, like, oh, no one gives a shit about it. Oh, no one cares. Half the retailers are gone by then. No one's doing anything. Ah. It's like, well, it's like, well, if no one's doing anything on that last day, then then why is it there? So if people are leaving early because they're like, well, I don't want to be there for another day, that's only a half day, and no one's really coming by my booth anyway, well, then why is that day there? Now, as media, I love it because I, we, yeah, and, and you we, guys know we need we all the time we can get. Right. We love but that like, extra day. But like for Mike, like I can understand. It's like, well, I mean, after three days, we feel like we've covered everything we needed to cover. Matt, so, I, can, I can tell you this, man. I have my own booth this year. Mm-hmm. So I'm representing my own brand. I had obviously a BDP there. I had my brother there and I had our buddy Boots there and Palmer brought his wife as well. Within day one, I can manage that booth. I can handle 90%, almost to 100% of my ordering. And day two, I can still continue to manage my booth and still have time to fuck around and see what's new and meet new people and all that stuff. Come day three, things are already thin, right? Hmm. So, and and here's the real, the, the, the shitty, the really shitty part about PCA is, you know what? They could give you that data. They could scan everybody who walks in the door. They could say, okay, we had 200 retailers show up here today. We had 150 show up this day. We had 300 the next day. We had five on day four. But nobody scans at that. Nobody shows you those things, right? Instead, they give you, here are our total accounts. They don't tell you if they're retailers. They don't tell you if they're brand owners and manufacturers. Right. You know, where, like, as Matt said, we got to have those uncomfortable conversations. And a lot of it starts with the honesty coming from PCA, you know. So instead of putting pressure on these these smaller accounts, these smaller brand owners and manufacturers, Provide the data and say, all right, well, man, we probably don't need a day four. Or, no, day four is important because, look, we did have 200 accounts there. I can say that that's not true, but, you know, they don't do those things. They don't provide that data. They, you know, they don't they don't go the extra mile for both parties, both retailer and brando. You know, instead, everything's kind of skewed. There's a little bit of fuckery about and you can't, you know, like you got to kind of navigate these things on your own. I know that it's good. I'm good to leave. I know. As a retailer, I'm good to leave. The only people who are walking around day four are your guys that are collecting samples. They just want to hit up. <laughs> they, they got their goodie bags going. You know, they're like, oh, we don't know anything about you, but we want some cigars. I'm like, yeah. cool, good, you know, uh, good luck finding them, man. That's I, the o- only reason we go. Right? Yeah. yeah, of course. <laughs> you know? That's why I said, like, look, for media, like. It makes need, sense for you. It makes sense. We need, right. we know all the time we can. But. I think they should be there the whole time. However, if by that fourth day, that's how it is, then why is it that long? Right. You know, I rather shorten the show. And then when everyone's there the whole time, this isn't a discussion. No one's talking about people leaving early because right. the show is the adequate amount of time. 
Well, and, and Skip's yeah. comment right here about profitability is is right on the money. And Scott Pierce even mentioned this at the, at the media conference yep. is the fact that the the if 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 we move around the dates and the days of the week and things like that, the profitability goes goes absolutely down into the cellar. There's no profitability left whatsoever because you're paying <laughs> you're paying time and a half or double time for certain days of the week and things like that. But I also want to go back and, and play like, you know, be the asshole, be devil's advocate. And because, and I'm not saying this burn the bridge, burn the bridge, Matt. I'm not saying this position's right. I'm just saying, think I'm, I'm, I go just, ahead, man, I'm ready. To, I'm ready. Go ahead. Think about, <laughs> think about it in these terms. So Garrett, if, you're, that backpack? if you're a brand owner <laughs> and, and let's say you're a small brand owner, and you're on the show floor uh, those last days when things are starting to wane down and you're upset because people aren't coming to your booth and writing orders, but there are still people going to booths and writing orders. So are you upset because people aren't writing orders at all on the show floor and because it's completely dead or because they're not buying your product? Are we talking about like the 10 retailers that are there? Well, yeah, honestly, even if there's only, let's say there's, let's say best case scenario, there's 50 retail shops still represented on that last day. Okay. And that's probably being yes. generous. Yeah, very. Yes. Are, are the, are the small brand owners who aren't writing orders on that last day upset because nobody's buying their cigars or because the show floor is dead in general? And again, I'm not I'm not settling on a position. I'm just playing devil's advocate, saying, "Are you are you just pissed because nobody's buying your product, or are you pissed because the show's dead?" Here's one way to look at it too, right? Like we, everyone keeps bringing up TPE, right? So TPE is cigars, and then a whole shit ton of other stuff. And the next show is going to have even more other crap that has nothing to do with us, right? That show is only what three days? Three and days. I, and I think it's is it is it a full three days or is it no, two and a half? It's two and a half. It's two and a half. PCA is three and a half, right? And the TPE show, when you bring everything together, right, is way bigger than PCA by the time you add in all the other stuff that's there, right? So that's a lot more ground to cover. And they do all that in two and a half days. Yeah. So why, you know, if you look at it that way, then why is the PCA show three and a half days? Right. It, it brings me back to the statement that I said at the beginning of this conversation. The reality is, and the biggest problem for the PCA is that the orders that I wrote as a small brand owner are the same orders I would have wrote if I was at home. Okay. You know, there was no new customer acquisition. Now I am a little more biased when it comes to opening retailers. Um, uh, should I stop to read that? I mean, uh, that's a lot of words. So anyways, that's a lot to read. <laughs> I'll be right there, Michael. Just have yeah, to tell you. I'll get the download in a second. Um, so, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't even make sense if I know that there's 20 retailers there and none of them are my customers. Like we probably already wrote, or if the, if those 20 retailers are already my customers, then we already wrote their orders, you know? Um, so again, like the biggest issue is retailer acquisition for PCA and like yeah. good ones, not just like shit ones. Well, and. Going to Skip's comment, 
um, I'm focusing on the last part of it, you know, networking, learning, communicating, more conference, less trade show. I agree with that. It's 100%. because for, and I, I, obviously, if you're a brand owner, you want to sell as many cigars as possible. But at the same time, you're not going to sell more cigars than right. you already have in your projections to produce. You're going to, you only, you, you know, you're only slated to produce X number of cigars and you can only sell so many cigars. And if you've already got your uh, accounts sort of lined up, and they're reliable retailers that are on board with you, then you know, like Mike already said, I'm those are I would have written those orders anyway. Right. So, to my mind, it's more about it, it's more about the the sort of family and and I get all gushy about this. I understand, but it's it's about the family reunion sort of oh, vibe. Absolutely. It's about networking. It's about FaceTime. It's about handshakes. It's about all that. It's right. way more than it is about. And for us as media, for us as media, it's about obviously getting as many interviews as we can possibly get with as many brand owners as possible so they can showcase their products on our channels and stuff like that. But it's also about, you know, getting a chance to and and especially for newer media, you know, getting to meet as many brand owners as possible that we haven't gotten a chance to meet before. Right. Hey, hey, want to introduce ourselves? This is who we are. This is what we do. It's nice to meet you. Can we have five minutes on camera? Right. So you that's, that's kind of why, like Matt, like products. That's kind of why, like our opinion is a little biased because, like, if it was up to us, like, yeah, we if the, yeah, if, if the it was up was, to us, the show would be a week long. Yeah, because <laughs> we want, we need the we need the time. Yeah, but like guys like Mike, I mean, I I, I get it. Like, they don't need that much time to do no. the show. So it, it, it's difficult for us to discuss because of that bias. But at the same time, like when you look at it and that's why I broke it down, like you have to look at it from the point of views of like the retailers who go, the manufacturers who only have so much to sell. And obviously bigger exhibitors are different than the little guys. Uh, and then there's us and we want all the time we can. So, I mean, that's right. different, but yeah. <laughs> it, it, did that yeah. hour they gave you guys in the mornings do anything for you? It does, honestly. Yeah, nice. letting letting us in the an, an hour early, the same as they do the um, the VIPs the and VIPs. the and the exhibitors, it makes a huge difference. That's when uh, you hit the real popular booths because it's before they really get slammed. You right. have yeah. to get in yeah. there. Okay. Yeah. Um, at, Risty brings up a good point in his comment. Uh, the big four brings foot traffic that was noticed when they left PCA, and the following TPE was not. And and it's true. The big four, when the there, it's noticeable the amount of foot traffic that is reduced. So, so big question going to start with Matt is how important is it on a scale of one to a hundred that the, that the big four return to the PCA? 99, 99. Yeah. Garrett. And, and you know what, can I add one more thing? Yes, please do. We, we talked about this on spare notes the other night uh, and Coop actually threw this in and it's, it's actually, was it Coop? I don't know. Someone, th- maybe it was Jay Davis. Um, it's not even just about the big four. It should be the big five. And Phillips and King was thrown into that, too. Okay. And I think that was Jay Davis. But Okay. Anyway. Uh, Garrett, <laughs> Garrett, big four, importance. Yeah, I agree that it, it, you know, if we're looking at the goal of the trade show to be a legitimate trade show, um, the big four does bring in more retailers. That being said, with the um, show deals, 
um, where many retailers don't need to attend the show and they get the show deals outside of the show, that's, that's still an issue, you know? So what's the draw for retailers to, to go to the show, spend all the money if they don't have to go anyway? Yeah. So I know that's two separate issues, but they, they kind of play on each other a little. No, I hear you. Absolutely. Uh, Justin, big four importance. Um, it's first trade show, so I haven't, haven't been there before, but oh, yeah, first that, trade show, you know, TPE, there was <laughs> most of those guys there, and and the numbers and and the energy there was definitely different than what PCA had for my first experience. Um, you know, if they come back, I, I can maybe comment a little bit more on that, but right on, but yeah, I, I do think overall that having those big four uh manufacturers there is is a crucial to pca to grow yeah bdp big four uh yeah i think it is important that they come back but do you think that now that they've been gone for a couple of years they're not gonna spend the money anymore they've realized that well, we don't really don't have to be there to sell our stuff and it's not necessary anymore to spend you know hundreds of thousands of dollars so jonathan drew can stand on top of a tower they're gonna sell everything they've got anyway yeah i i, I agree with you uh, from that standpoint but i think that has a, a bit of a shelf life. I don't know how long that shelf life is, right? You know, because you know you you tend to uh, um, you tend to remember you know the pretty girls who who are in front of you all the time rather than the ones who you haven't seen in a while. So, um, Mike, big four. I don't think that the retailers that go there just for the big four are. Um, helping the smaller brands anyways you know mm -hmm. if you go to the like if you go to those retail shops they're not concerned about um smaller brands smaller boutique things you know if personally if you ask me that so would they help attendance maybe does it help the overall big picture of the pca and the cigar industry i don't think so i honestly don't you know um, what's the difference if you have another 200 retailers in attendance if they're not um, really there to buy? I mean, if you're, yeah, yeah, it's just more bullshit, more people taking cigars from you to, to try, you know? Um, and I would much rather not have that, to be honest, because I don't want that retailer. I don't want that retailer that's just focusing on the big brands. I want the guy that believes in what I'm doing and is going to support me and that guy if he's not coming now because the big four are out then he's not my guy you know so yeah i don't i don't really think it matters okay so the same as we did last year uh at the end of the discussion we each uh reviewed this year's pca trade show the same as we would review a cigar on a zero to 100 point scale. Okay. So starting with Matt Tobacco, if you were reviewing this trade show on a zero to 100 point scale, like a cigar, what score would you give this year's trade show? Well, <clears throat> I really only have last year's trade show to go off of. So uh, for me, it was Hmm. 
Why the fuck do I have to go first? Um, <laughs> Come on, Matt. I'll go eighty-nine. Strong score. And Strong that's score. and that and again, that's only because um, I only have last year's show to really compare it to, and it was still better than last year's show. Um, so young in the industry, so full of hope. <laughs> so, so, he still has hope. It's so it. adorable. I admire that. I miss that. Uh, Garrett, what's your score? Zero to 100. I'm going to go 75. 75. Um, I think there's um, a lot of room for improvement, certainly. I know Scott is passionate about changing things. I know that there's, um, um, you know, the the contracts and everything were not under his under his watch. And... I respect Scott, and um, so 75 for this year. Um, and 2024, I'm looking for a 90. 2023. Don't skip a year. No, I'm skipping a year because we're in Vegas next year. Oh, right. I, I see what you're saying. Okay. Right on. So, uh, Gary, in other words, you're saying that you think 2024 will be the, the real year of the fresh start. I will. I do. I do think, yeah. That will be my lips test of how this board uh, moves forward with the PCA. That's a good point. Uh, Justin, score. Uh, for straight show again, but I, I'd have to say, based off of listening to everybody else uh, at the trade show and, and their past experiences, um, better than last year, right? But, yeah. Um, I, I'd probably give it like 86. Um same kind of thing with the contracts ending next year. Um, hopefully, we'll get better by 2024. Yeah. BDP? Uh, I'm going with 60. 60. I Honest. walked around. There was a lot of uh, the smaller guys, nobody in the booth. Everybody's just looking tired. I mean, other than, you know, like uh, Nick and Saka and a couple of other the big ones, there wasn't a lot of traffic in the booths. Yep. I hear you. Mike? I'm going to go like with a solid 40. And I'm curious to see what I said last year, too. I oh. Jeez. <laughs> I don't think you were as low as 40 last year. Yeah. You know what? I was more hopeful last year because at least the, the attendance numbers were small, but everybody was buying because we were at a different time in our economy. You know, now everybody's pulling back. You're having a lot yeah. of retailers that are they're like, eh, guys who bought a lot, bought less, half. You know, yeah. um, you're seeing that across the board. People are a little more timid. They're not moving as fast. So, yeah. Um, I say 40 because the PCA needs a complete overhaul. They need a complete restructuring. This is, this is not working, you know, and it needs to be fixed significantly to a point where, you know, I don't know, like a lot of things have to change. A lot of things have to change. And I want to yeah. see that change. I don't, you know, I'm pro PCA. I was there to support PCA. So, you know, I say a lot of shit, but I'm, I'm honest as how I feel, you know, so so take that as, as it may. But, you know, uh, risk they should have never got axed. You know, um, there, there are things that have occurred that need to be undone, you know, and, and we need to focus on how to get those things in. And I'm not against having consumers come in because Skip's right. You know, they're getting in anyways, bro. They're getting in anyways. All you're doing is adding another badge. I saw a ton of people like, what are you doing here? Like, oh, has it got my news? They're oh, everywhere. Right. Cool. You know, and I like hanging out with those guys and girls or whatever, but mainly 99% guys, right? Um, socially inept. 
spoon of cigars. <laughs> so like, you know, let them in. Yeah. Let them in. Just let them the fuck in. Make extra money. Like there are things that need to occur. You need to, we need to revamp all these things, you know? Well, you my, uh, sorry, go ahead. Real, real quick. Do you want to let them in Mike where they just, where they're allowed to like, you have to have so many samples to hand out. Just like if you're at the Great Smoke or something like that. He's not listening. He doesn't listen to me mo- most of the time. He's talking so. to Skip right now. Yeah, he's, he's too busy to, to talk to us. Busy. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, just like at home, Michael. You don't listen when I talk. It's fine. Yes. I don't know. Not. You say so I'm much. Sorry. I'm sorry. I completely used to. Well, my wife was talking to me. You got a problem with that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now she's going to call me and complain about me. <laughs> so... So I had, I, uh, the question was, Michael, do you want them to have the uh, consumer day where you say they tell you you got to have 300 cigars to hand out because the, they sold 300 tickets? Do you want to go no, that man, just, consumer day? No, just open up the doors and let them walk around. You don't have to do a consumer day. Just let them in. No samples? I think that's at the discretion of the of the brand. So if you're a hey. consumer, why would you want to go? They yeah. were all go. there, Palmer. They were there. They don't, they're not guaranteed fucking anything. They were fucking there. <laughs> But they didn't buy a ticket to get in there, though. Yeah. There wasn't because there'll be there'll be consumers that show up that don't know brand owners or shop owners where they can get a ticket. There are dudes that would spend 150, 200 bucks, 300 dollars to go in just to meet your skips, your Knicks, your Sokas, like all of these dudes that they smoke their cigars and like their shop has never had that event, right? It's like, hey, it's just great to meet you. I'm, I'm happy to be here. You know how many retailers were at Great Smoke just to say what's up to people? You know, I mean, it's stupid to not include these guys. It's, you know, it's ridiculous. So in- include them. Make more money. If that's what the problem is. You want to make more money. Like, I'd much rather have that interaction with the 60 to 100 consumers that come over to the booth and bullshit with me and have them leave and be like, damn, that guy's an awesome do- dude. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm more behind him now than I ever was before. And I'm not traveling to North Dakota to meet this guy. So, you know, that goes back. That goes back to the retailer. That You know, hey, you have Postonic because if you don't have it, you know, I'm going to have to order it elsewhere. And then you build that clientele. So I'm for that. I'm, I'm for it, you know. Yeah. Um, so last year on this same recap show, I gave a score to, to the 2021 trade show of 86. Okay. So I'm just going to bump it up slightly and go with 87. It was a little better than last year. I think they still have a lot of work to do. Um, But it was a little better than last year. And um, I think they have a lot of room to grow. And I'm hoping that they, um, you know, they they have been very, uh, as far as I've seen, I've, I've actually seen action and, um, you know, when, when they, it, it seems as though not on everything, but on certain things I've seen Scott and the staff at PCA say, we're going to make this X, Y, Z change. And then all of a sudden, holy shit, we actually see X, Y, Z change. And I'm not saying they've done that across the board with every promise they've made, but that it has, it has happened and that's encouraging. And that's why I believe that, um, you know, I think Scott and his team do a great job, and I think they they still have a lot of work to do, and they still have, um, you know, more improvement. But uh, I'm encouraged and hopeful um, that 
future shows are um, actually worth attending for everybody across the board. So, um, so I think, hey, Garrett, is it? Uh oh, is it? Uh, is it time? Oh, it's time. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Episode 165, Numero de los Muertos. Garrett, what do you have for us this week? All right. This week comes to us from North America. Includes both Canada and the United States. 14 people a year die from this. That's a low number. 14 people. All right. As always, viewers, please help us guess along in the comments. Is it erotica asphyxiation? <laughs> was that what it was last year? It never gets old for me. <laughs> no, uh, definitely not. Damn. Definitely not. Uh, a, Tyler a, says always herpes. Herpes? No. Is it anything sexually related? It is not. All right. So there's a lot of things that just came off the table. What is it? Is it uh, uh, glow in the dark pussy snorkel? Wow, no, it is not okay. that. Just checking. Tune in to future episodes of How About That Cigar to learn more. <laughs> it is not grizzly bears. Is water um, involved? Water is not involved. Is there an age demographic? Typically 20 to 30. Okay. Mm. Is alcohol involved? No. Is it walking involved? 90% men. Is it walking off a cliff while texting? No. Are they workplace accidents? Um no. So don't think about it in those terms. No. It's not accidental. Um, it would be considered an accidental death. Is there any type of technology involved? Nah, no. Vehicles? Tool. No vehicles. Consumer products? No. What was that? Consumer products? Um, kind of. Is it is a it food? Something? It's not a food. Is it? Is it something that people ingest that's not food that kills them because they're stupid? Is it Tide Pod deaths? I was going to say Tide Pod. Um... I think that some people some people ingest these products. Some people take them other ways. <laughs> David Anal towards anally? <laughs> no. Bath salts. Uh, not bath salts. Not butthole beer. Wow. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no butt chug. <laughs> no. New cigar. Name, I call it. 
uh, not falling from a ladder, not <laughs> eaten by pigs, not tie pods. The cinnamon challenge. A lot of butt jugging, I guess. <laughs> so here's a clue for Mike. Um, Mike may know people who do this. Shots in the pee-pee. <laughs> no. I may know people. So that have something to do with working out. Has something to do with the gym. It does. Steroid, uh, excessive no. steroid use. BDP. Is it steroids? It is steroids. Only 14? Only 14. So here. Really? Uh, yeah, why would I know that? I know. I was actually surprised at the low number two. However, that being said, the long-term effects of it, um, it, it takes age off many people who use it for a long period of time. But the overdose is only 14 people a year. What are they taking? Like all of this you're thing. okay, Michael. Don't worry. It's not what you use. You're fine. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> I like that that came up with me on the show. I don't know what you're trying to say, Garrett. But just, you know. We're concerned. This is actually a, a, a intervention. <laughs> it's an intervention. <laughs> Too much cereal was my next guest, Michael. Hey, yeah, that would have been a, yeah. I mean, I can still wipe my ass, buddy. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite at that steroid level just yet. She's saying when his back itches, though. Can't do that at all. <laughs> I haven't been able to do that for years. <laughs> all right. That was very good. So that was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. Let's move into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is America's oldest family owned premium cigar maker. Creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112 year old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. So with such a large pantheon of cigar experts on the show tonight, we are going to pare things down to one single question, and it is the best question in the lightning round. So I'm going to start with Matt Tobacco. If the zombie apocalypse were to come tomorrow, who are the three cigar industry people you want on your team to fight out off the zombie horde? I mean, first of all, I gotta go with. I gotta go with Mike. First of all, I mean, dude, look at that dude; he's in dude. shape. I mean, you kidding me? You need someone who's got some. He's in shape. Uh, Nick Perdomo is another one. He he def. I look. So I went to Miami, Florida last year, and uh, we 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 went uh, we went by Nick's place, and I saw I've seen Nick on the beach, like in just his swim trunks. That dude fucking hits the gym. At his age, he looks good. So I'm going with a strong guy like him. He's also a thinker. Um, three. It always when you're on the spot, that's when like there's like 20 people who you would name in an instant, and then you're trying to think of them all. Uh, I don't know why. Don't ask me why. 
I keep going to Steve Saka. I don't know why. I just feel like he would have something valuable to bring to the table. Because he'd be the first to eat. You throw him at them and they. <laughs> well, you, you, you don't <laughs> have to outrun the zombie. You just have to outrun, outrun the guy you're with. <laughs> He's the bait. I like the way you think, Matt. I like the, the way you think. Uh, all right, BDP. Uh, Mikey, obviously, he's always angry anyway. Uh, and then Skip and John D. Oliver, I've been shooting with those guys at Roma. They've got quite the arsenal. Uh, they'll be ready to go. I didn't even think about that. All right, Michael. This is easy. Carney, John D. Oliver, lightweight heavy, Sean. See, why didn't I think of fucking Carney? Like, I, I know. I, I was one. you didn't say Carney. <laughs> oh, I am too. This is so why I hate being a spot. I don't, or I, don't goofy. Think, I don't think well under pressure. <laughs> I think you know I can cook up Saka too in his group, so that'd be great. <laughs> All right, we we have time for another one, so I'm I'm going to start with uh, BDP on this one. Right. You can have an unlimited supply of one thing for the rest of your life. What would it be? And you cannot say money, cigars, or time. Oh, um, money, cigars, or time. Uh, gasoline currently. Yes, it's a good choice. Yes, good one. Yeah. Fantastic answer. It's a good choice, Michael. I'll be asked back, Michael. See that I won the game. <laughs> good answers. Yeah, uh, gas is. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Um, Skip said water. It's very good. By the way, I was going to no, use that. No surprise. Oliver's got a great answer. Tacos. Street tacos. That is a fucking fantastic answer right <laughs> there. No surprise. And oxygen. Yeah. And if you're married, you can't say women, according to Ron. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would say property. I mean, you know, as much land as possible. I like it. Good I idea. like it. Uh, Matt. See, Adam's on the same page. There's been, uh, been some good selections. You know, I like to eat too much. So... I was thinking food, but I couldn't narrow it down to one thing. Red, just steak. Just fucking, like, good cows. steak. Cows. Cows. <laughs> cows, yeah. Just hey, cows. cows. You can have yeah. whatever you want, yeah. And have all the cuts. I, I like mean, Mike, Mike, Mike's got it down, because if you had all the land in the world, you had plenty of land, then you could just have a shit ton of cows. <laughs> so, I mean, really, that kind of goes back to Mike. They just show up, I guess. <laughs> you have the <laughs> land. You can do whatever you want with it, in theory. So <laughs> Mike, Mike will have the land. You bring the cows. It's I'm just gonna drive around food. your property all day long, Mike. Just honking my horn. <laughs> and then whoever you pick with the big, you know, arsenal of weaponry right. for the zombie apocalypse will be able to, you know, you can harvest the cows humanely, you know, and slaughter them, and you're you're all set for steak nirvana. All right, let's move into Notable Smokables this week. And always Notable Smokables on How About That Cigar, brought to you by Ace Prime. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, so each week, we each name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. It could be a cigar that is brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever, or it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we smoked for the first time in a long time. So, BDP, what was something you smoked recently that was very interesting to you? What was that unbanded Freud we smoked, Michael? A gate. A gate. That, yeah, gate? that was, that was good. That was surprisingly good. I like that one. Mm -hmm. Michael, what about you? Uh, I'm going to tell you it's the Maria Lucia. 
you know, I had it at the show and then I had it, we did our own Patreon on it and I was super impressed with it. So uh, that's what pops in my head. Yeah. Very nice cigar. Matt, what about you? LFD Solace. Yeah. Also, yeah, you was... better come back to Carney now, man. You <laughs> got to come back to Carney. <laughs> God damn it. Fucking Mike calling me out. Now I feel like shit. <laughs> I love you, Matt. You know I love you. I know. Carney might be at his house, too. He lives pretty close now. That's right. Yeah, yeah. he could have stopped by. Uh, Justin, what was a notable you had recently? I'm going local with a uh, Crux Epicure Habano. It was yep. uh, a good one. Nice. Uh, Garrett, what about you? I already mentioned it earlier in the show, um, but uh, the Red Anchor from United uh, so far, and I've I've not smoked through enough of uh, the show cigars, but um, that was the one that has stood out the most. Yeah. Uh, for me, you know, it's it's sort of a yearly thing when you go, to, well, not a yearly thing, but a couple times a year, you go to Vegas, you got to go to Casa Fuente. And uh, you go there and you you buy you buy well for me, I buy a handful of the Casa Fuente Corona Gordas. Uh, I believe it's the number three, uh, and uh, that with one of their in-house uh, mojitos oh. is just money. Uh, love that cigar, and uh, so that was you know we were there just just a few days ago. I I, I miss it. <laughs> so that was my uh, notable this week. So that was. This week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Ace Prime. Improving lives through fine cigars. Please visit aceprime.com to learn more. Uh, so to give you guys an idea of some cool coming attractions we have, those are brought to us by our friends at A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The day-to-day -day operations at Tabacalera A.J. Fernandez are managed under the watchful eye of Mr. Fernandez himself in order to ensure superior quality. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides a blend, strength, and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer, whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. And on the docket for next Monday night, we have the third annual installment of the Cigar Industry Hive Mind. This is a show that has consistently, since we started doing it, been absolutely gangbusters for us. And we have a fantastic time talking to these people. We have Abe DeBabna from Smoke In. We have John McTavish from Developing Palettes. Oh, we have no. Martin from Roma Craft Tobacco. And we have Charlie Minato from Half Wheel. And every year it is a very long show. So Everybody have your drinks prepared and your cigars lined up because this show goes a while and it's always a good discussion and we learn a lot on that show. So uh, I want to go to Matt Tobacco. If you would, please give our viewers and listeners an idea. Where can they find you and what you have going on and let us know uh, if you have some cool upcoming guests on your show. Yeah, as always, the easiest way first, I guess, is go to smokeattobacco.com because you can find everything from there. Uh, but, you know, we're on YouTube. We're on all the podcast channels. We have our, our two shows, Smoke a Tobacco Show, the Spare Notes series. Um, this Thursday we have um, Sebastian from Cavalier coming on the show for the first time. That'll be uh, Thursday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. I don't know if Carney will be there or not. 
Uh, I usually don't know until about the day before, so that's uh, that's pending. Uh, Spare Notes returns a week from this coming Saturday, so we the following Saturday. Um, same place, same same time. Um, I'm sorry, Saturday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Sorry, a little bit later. Um, so you can find us there. We have a giveaway going on. We have a Drew Estate giveaway going on uh, on our website. You can find it on our social media. The winner will be announced on Thursday. It's um, it's a whole swag pack, the backpack, the hat, the spray can lighter, the sticks and sips book uh, that I've been sharing all week. So you guys can go check that out. There'll be two winners who can, who can get that. And uh, that's about it. Our PCA show coverage is a little bit behind because Nicole and I have just been really under the weather and sick with this whole fucking <laughs> pandemic, the <laughs> Corona thing from the show. Uh, so we're Super spreader. So we're we're kind of we're a little bit behind on getting it out, but it's it's still going. So all of our all of our most of our videos are on our channel, but the other stuff that that we put out is 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 coming too. So that should be out during the week. All good, brother. All good. Uh, so BDP, I'm gonna put you on the cigar hustler side. So okay. give us all the lowdown on the podcast and where everybody can find you guys. Uh, we're part of the Cigar Hustler Podcast Network on all major and minor. Uh, podcast providers, we've got a YouTube page at Cigar Hustler Podcast. You can find me on Instagram at Cigar Hustler underscore BDP. Fantastic. And Michael, for all of the cigar brands under the umbrella, yes, give us the lowdown on where we can find out everything about those brands. Postania Cigars, Fable Cigars, Guaymaro, FQ, all of those. Did I say Fable? Yeah, Fable 2. All of those can be found uh, through various retailers. I mean, we have our own Postani Cigars Facebook page. Um, you can follow me on at Cigar Hustler on Instagram, you know, or you can go to our Facebook page. Those are the best avenues to find us. Fantastic. Well, let me be the first to say thank you, everyone, so much for being a part of this recap show this evening. And thank you to all our viewers um it was it was great having you guys on uh matt please wish nicole our best as she recovers from her uh her her sickness and hope she feels better as soon as possible will do fantastic well thank you everybody so much for being the best part of how about that cigar as always if you guys have questions for garrett justin or myself please email us on the website howaboutthatcigar.com you can follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. We are gradually posting all of our videos from the PCA trade show, so you can start to find those on our YouTube channel. We're about halfway through day two's videos posting, so please check those, those out on our YouTube channel. And of course, guys, until we see you next time, burn cigars. Not bridges. See you guys, thank you. Thanks, everybody.